Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Way Out Podcast. I'm Jeff, and my good brother and friend here is Josh Ezzy. How are you doing, bro? Man, all is well, my brother. How you doing, man? It's been a hectic week, but yeah. God is good. We actually went to the mountains. Oh, that's good. Uh, Georgia uh, got mountains? Yeah, Georgia do have mountains, right? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. So uh, oh, look at that. Uh, we have the Blue Ridge Mountains, I think, and then Appalachian runs down here, and we went to... Uh, we just went to a little cabin and like brought the boys because it was Henry's birthday and yeah. um, Valentine's Day and all that. You know, it was funny because um, uh, Henry was due on Valentine's Day, and uh, uh, but but we but we she, he came a day early, and yeah. his his one of his hockey coaches goes he goes you know so what what dad what are we doing for my birthday and he said oh I'm taking your mom out to dinner what are you doing oh. you know. Man, because if it was on Valentine's Day, you got to take your wife out, and it's like you know, so you know what's hilarious, kids man. Right, but hey, yeah, man, kids, so- kids, you know that's what happens, man. That's it depends on like my birthday falls on December thirty first. I mean, I only yep. got one gift. Oh yeah, both. that's right. You know. Yeah, yeah, it was the worst birthday ever. It's like, man, yeah. no, fam, no. There's Christmas, and then there's my birthday. Right. Two separate gifts, not no one party Two and separate. one set. No, 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 man. Separate, separate. Be yeah, separate. I feel sorry for people that have uh, birthdays on holidays. It, I mean, I guess it depends on the holiday. Like, but you know, on the big ones, it's hard because you know that how many kids that are born like near near Christmas actually get a birthday party. I mean, everybody's out on vacation, and how many kids are going to show up to a birthday party whenever you're, you know what I mean? So exactly, came a day early, but um, yeah. But anyway, so I'm glad to hear you're doing well. Oh, well, yeah, man. we do want to welcome everybody to the podcast. And if you guys do not know, Ezzy and I basically divide this podcast up into a few different segments. And the first one is the day in the life of a family man. But that but that can help women, too. We're just giving our perspective because we're men. So we're not going to give a woman's perspective because we don't have a woman's perspective. Uh, the next thing we do is we go into a topic. And then we have a brief Q&A usually related to that topic. And then... Last but certainly not least, oh, yeah. Ed and I talk something about food. Listen, if y'all don't know how much of a foodie Ezzy and or foodies Ezzy and I are, oh, yeah. let me tell you something. When we get to heaven, oh. when everybody else is going and scoping out their mansions, me and Ezzy are going to be at the local restaurant sitting yeah. down having a meal. Where am I lying? Yeah, so listen, oh my way to the, my mansion. See, when I get to the pearly gates, Jeff, like I always yeah. say. I'm a dap up God. I'm a hug him. Man, it was real. It was we had a great time down there. Take me to the take me to the uh food court. Just okay. take me to the restaurants. I know you got my mansion built well. I'm not worried about if my mansion's built well. Thank you. I'm ready to eat because I think I'm going to eat probably for 450 years. Because eternity's forever. <laughs> my first, like I'm a worship with my eating. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm a work. That's what I'm gonna do. As soon as I get up there, my first few hundred years going to be dedicated to eating everything heaven has to offer. But man, and can you th- imagine that our taste buds are going to be so much more pronounced? That's my prayer. That macaroni and cheese tastes like it has never tasted ever before. I can't wait to take, taste heaven's mac and cheese. No, no, sorry, God. Not mac and cheese. My God doesn't make mac and cheese. He makes baked macaroni and cheese. But there, there, there will be probably people out there that would probably prefer the regular mac and cheese. So maybe God got a little small area for y'all. But I'm telling you, bro, I know our taste buds going to enhance because we only use 10% of our brain, right? Right. 
I wonder if we use all our taste buds. Maybe God said, no, no, no. I'm going to save the rest of your taste for when you come and taste and see um, how heaven is. And I'm excited, man, because that's what I'm going to do, man. I'm, I'm going to eat. I'm going to I'm going to actually chew my food because there's nothing to rush. I'm going to enjoy every chew, man. <laughs> every I'm, laughing chew. I'm laughing because, see, uh, <laughs> we won't get into that, but we devour our food. But there, there's a reason for that. But we're not going to get into it right now. But let's just say we devour yeah. our food and uh, we're having to learn uh, that, you know, there's going to be more as, as we go on. Right. So, man, uh, I wonder if I I wonder if heaven's going to allow you to be full. Oh, here's my thing. If we have to eat broccoli, I pray it tastes like brownies or, or like uh, fruity pebbles or something like that. So I don't know. I, what think kind there, of I think there's a weird part of heaven's experience where there's an area that God's going to allow us to just imagine what something that on earth would have been bland <laughs> in heaven. We can make whatever. So if we say, hey, OK, so who ate all the brownies? And then we can say, no, OK, well, there's only broccoli left. We're going to make sure these broccoli taste like brownies. Right. That would be amazing. So I'm excited, man. I Listen, man, I love Jeff and I love food down here, man. But man, well, I'm telling you, when I get to heaven, bro, I just want to see. I want to taste things that is not cooked down here. Right. Like I wonder what kind of meat they have up there, man. We probably eat lion's meat or something. Man, I don't know what we're going to eat, but I know this. Lion's I love ribs. I love ribs. And if they have. I mean, we can have brontosaurus ribs or whatever. Maybe they'll bring the dinosaurs back. I don't know. Yeah. Either way, I'm excited. But anyway, yeah. So we're going to get into uh, (laughs) dating the life of the family, man. Um, So for that that portion right now, we're going to kind of switch it up and do something over the next five weeks. But today we're going to kind of give a quick overview. And it's related to this book right here. Uh, as a, can you see that the five yeah. love languages by Gary Chapman and y'all this book besides the Bible and the Holy Spirit in relation to my marriage. But to be honest with you, it's not just your marriage. I think it can be applied to any language. And, and I really do mean that, uh, or I mean any relationship. And I really mm-hmm. do mean that, um, to help you out. And it's from a Christian perspective, praise God. But like, so as man, this book, my mother-in-law gave me this book and it, 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 it so changed my relationship. It was just unbelievable. But like I said, over the next five weeks, there are five love languages. So this is the first week, but then we're going to do uh, weeks two through uh, six um, on the each love language. And we'll kind of give you examples that are practical that you can implement those into your uh, relationships. It can even be used in parenting. And I'll talk about that in a little bit, but um, it can certainly be applied to your spouse or the or your fiance or the person that you know you're dating right now that that you're planning to marry and things like that and it can just I think it can really help so uh, let's just kind of get into it so yeah the basic tenet is that we all feel loved a certain way right for instance uh, some people feel loved when you say good things about them um, and to them and in the book that is called words of affirmation so they like to be encouraged they feel loved whenever you encourage them. Um, but another person might might feel loved by how you prioritize your time with them. In other words, as he like their love language is quality time. Like they feel love whenever you make a conscious effort to spend meaningful time with them. And the reason I said meaningful is because, you know, sitting on your cell phone is, is not meaningful time. Right. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Just 
sitting there. That's, I, so when I say quality time, he, he's not saying to spend time. He's saying to spend quality time. And so those types of people feel loved uh, in that regard. And we'll kind of get into that. But um, the key, I guess, is to uh, of the book and what really stood out to me is that um, the key is to love your spouse. And, and like I said, this could be applied to kind of any relationship, but to love them the way they need or want to be loved. And so the author kind of lays out those five love languages that basically encapsulate all of the areas someone might experience or express love to someone else. Now, Ezzy, I don't know about you, but the tendency is for us to love our spouse or that, that other person um, the way that we ourselves yeah. feel loved. Yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. so the disconnect, and this was my, that was my problem. Uh, the disconnect. Yeah. So the disconnect kind of comes into place when you are uh, loving someone via your love language, but your spouse doesn't share the same love language that you do. So for instance, if both of you were quality time, you'd have no problem. Homework's over, right? You pass the test. But if, uh, if one feels love via quality time, but you love them based on, let's say acts of service, because that is the love language uh, that, that, you feel loved with whenever mm -hmm. somebody does that. Uh, they're not going to feel loved, even though you are actually loving them, but you are not loving them in the way that you are loving them in the way that you feel loved, not the way that they feel loved. And so we're kind of going to go through those five love languages. And I'm kind of excited to do that because as a man, I like, I, I just, uh, and, and this part, and then I want to get your, your idea, but like Joanne, for instance, uh, when I first read this book, now you usually you you have one that's really high, and then you have like kind of a secondary love language mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times, and so you kind of score. And sometimes it's way out of the park, and you just have one. But I had two. But uh, Joanne did hers, um, and her love language was uh, gifts. Now what? I know some of the fellows are thinking right now, oh oh, sh she must be a gold digger. Well, as you know, Joanne, she's yeah. nothing like that Nowhere at all. close. Nowhere close. She, she, was, she was with me when I had nothing. As a matter of fact, when we were in college, I used to have to drive her car because I didn't have one. So that's how real it is. But no, here, here's the reason why her love language was gifts. Because when she was a little girl, her my father-in-law, her father used to uh, give her and her sister gifts here and there, these small gifts and surprise her all the time throughout her childhood. And every time he did that, it really made her feel special and feel loved. Now, Ezzy, I am not a spender. I am a saver. Yeah. I uh, I really don't need much. I'm more of like a minimalist, <laughs> I, I guess, in my personality. Like I can get by with very little. Like I would be fine. Like I, I just- Yeah, I just same don't, here. Yeah, I just- I don't, things don't move me. I, I don't get me wrong. I, I like things, but it doesn't really, I, I don't know. I don't feel loved like that. Now I do feel love if somebody gets you a gift. Obviously everybody feels that they feel appreciative, but it's not the way that I identify with love. And so because I wasn't a spender, I really had to overcome that in the beginning of our marriage because when somebody doesn't like to spend, but your wife's love language is gifts, you can see that there would be tension there, right? Yeah, And so uh, I really had to kind of come out of my shell and change how I approached her, knowing that she needed to be loved like that, even though I did not need to be loved like that. 
Does that make sense? And so yeah, yeah. I, I, I carried that into our marriage from her father. And, and, you know, actually she loves it even more because she knows that it's not my personality to spend. And so not only am I loving her the way she wants to be loved, but then I'm stepping outside of my comfort zone and, and going above and beyond. So she appreciates it even more if that makes sense. But yeah. Yep. So what do, you, what do you think about that? Have you experienced anything or, or I, I mean, I'm just excited to go over these for the next few weeks. Yeah, so. man. Like for me, it was, it was a big, cause I'm more of a practical person. Yeah. And so I thought that in my marriage, I thought just my, I guess, how would you put it as a man? I think sometimes this messes with men. Is that sometimes you as a provider, right? You're 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 showing love in a different way, or you're showing love in the basic tenets of of what is required of a husband, like the basic tenets, praying, um, you know, spiritual support, mental yeah. support, physical support, etc. But sometimes we as men we forget that our wives, it's like there's there's many ways. But there's main one high. There's main. There's one main highway, if that makes sense. And what I had to realize was was that I would look at my wife and say, "Isn't my love obvious?" Right. Because as a as a man, we're so practical. Yes. Go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead, bro. No, no. Sorry. Go ahead. I was yeah, as I was a man. As a man, we become so practical that we think that isn't my love evident. We're not just talking about a man who just provides financially. We're talking about a man who's holistic in his approach or provision. But when it comes to women, I guess we as men, since we think little of ourselves, um, especially solid Christian men, we we often uh, uh, embody what it means to sacrifice like Christ did for the church. So for me, I don't even know. I really don't know what my love language is. I really I, I don't think know. I, I think I know what it is. What is it? I, I, I may hide it. I, I I don't know if I want to reveal it right now, but okay. as, we, as we go through it, maybe I will. But my guess is that your love language is acts of service. It might be. I I think with each of these gifts, it's like for me, they're all appreciated when they are evident. Like words of affirmation, I appreciate it. I, I, I guess my concern was, or my question is, I'm like, what's my dominant love language? I, because I think, all of these, all of these are appreciated. I think so, for me, gifts of food, me, maybe. Let me read them off to you really quick, because that's one thing I didn't do. Yeah. Words of affirmation, and we'll get into what that is in a more yeah. level. But basically, being encouraged, quality time, so spending quality time, receiving gifts. I told you, Joyans was that. Acts mm -hmm. of service and physical touch. Now, physical touch. Most men are going to say, "Oh, that's mine," because sex. But that, <laughs> yeah, but that's not. That's not what it's talking about. That's not what it's talking about, yeah. No, it's not talking about that. Because if that was the case, then every man would be physical touch. But it's not that. It's it's talking about you feel loved when they hold your hand, when they put their arm around you, when they when they make an effort to be close, that kind of stuff. It's not talking yeah. about that. But I think yours is probably acts of service because you use the word sacrifice. Oh, and I so, see what And so I think because you're saying that you do, can't you see my, my love for you? Look at what I'm doing, right? Yeah. Look at what I'm doing. And so like, that's what my stepdad is, I believe. I believe his really? is acts of service, yes. And so like, he's very practical and he would do extra things like, you know, he, you know, like acts of service can be anything as he like, uh, uh, doing the laundry, um, doing the dishes, stuff like that. But like, when Brit, when do you feel most loved by Brittany? 
Is it when she's encouraging you? Is it when she's spending quality time? Most love, not when you feel love, but most love. I see what you're saying. You see what I'm saying? Is it when yeah. she she does acts of service? Like when she does, like when she cooks a meal for you, that's an act of service. Do you feel love because she she prepared that meal for you? If that's if if she was cooking that day or something, that kind of stuff. So I, I see. What I, you're saying. We'll see. I mean, you, there's a test in here. And maybe what we'll, you can take it, and then we'll see what. I know. Uh, I took the test. I took a test. I took this test. I think I did. I think you probably did too. I probably did too. I think my life is so weird, man, that <laughs> I'm just a. I'm just appreciative. <laughs> I, th I think. I think the more I begin to get into that space of marriage, where it's kind of like, I won't say you're over the hump, but you kind of pass that rookie contract. Mm -hmm. I think I'm really going. I'm really going to take time. I'm going to actually enjoy these next few weeks. These next few weeks are going to be for me because I really think that now I know my wife's like my wife's. My wife says she thinks it's just one of them, but I really think it's a combination of. Yeah, it's sometimes it's a combination. What do you think hers is? I know it's gifts. Yeah, exactly. I thought I know it's gifts, what, and I know it's quality time. Yeah, Joanne's is gifts, gifts and quality yeah. time. Now I, I hope I'm right because <laughs> I know wives be like, "Oh, you don't know me." So, I oh, think, you don't know me. <laughs> right. Well, what I think we should do mm -hmm. is um, th th things can change as you mature and go into different stages in life. Why don't we retake the test? I mean, yeah. you can take it offline um, sometime. Oh, yeah. In the next week. yeah, we'll do it yeah. maybe over the next week. We can take it. And then uh, Brittany said, bingo, honey. So there you go. Hey, um, I'm good. Woo. Yeah. So uh, she would have been mad if I would have picked something like words of affirmation. No, literally. So, uh, so, um, yeah. So maybe you and I can take the test. Yeah. And let's see what what it comes out to be. Okay, I'm gonna do that because well, I really, I think, I, I think anything. Let me look at this list again. I got. We're probably right. a combination, but I just. Yeah, I think, man. I want to see what the anything. Oh, I see what you're saying. Which one is the highest? I think. Or, or if there, sometimes what happens is that uh, I've seen more people take it and they tie. For the top two, ah, so it's number one and two. Like they score the same amount. In which case, you would have two love languages where you would be honestly, like, man, anything, oh. food. Honestly, I think if if there's an acts of service of food, gifts of food, quality time around food, yeah. I'm telling you, that love language fluctuates because I think I really, I really at this juncture in my life, outside of my wife and marriage, mm -hmm. like food really just, and maybe is. I'm I'm being what's the word facetious? I'm joking, but at the same time, man, I'm gonna take this. We're gonna take this well, test and, and make it. Well, yeah, we'll take this test and let's see what we get. Um, we'll see which ones we come out to. Kenny Mac, Mine, quality time and non-sensual fit. Kenny Mac, Kenny Mac. I tell you, bro. Now he said non-sensual though. Yeah, because because that's what physical touch it it, it is non-sensual. It's more um, holding hands. Uh, like, uh, like, so I mean, we're men, but like, if your wife rubs your back and says, I love you, honey, or something like that, and that makes you feel more loved and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, he's right. Because even though they clarify that in the book, it's not just talking about sex. It is talking about non-sensual, but more just being close in a physical sense. Unique Lee says quality time and physical touch for me, then acts of service close by. Yeah. yeah. I wonder, Ezzy, if there is a similarity with women versus men. Probably is, man. Man, I but then, I, but at the same, it just depends. Personalities. That is different. true. So, but I don't know I'll, because I don't I wonder, think gender specific. But oh no, go ahead. 
I wonder if a, a person's in upbringing forces one to a particular love language. I think maybe Joanne that she experienced that. And I think um, my wife, I think my wife being the baby of the family, I think that plays a part. Joanne was the baby of the family too. Yeah. And I and think I was, with me. And I was the first born. And I was the only born. Yeah. Which is the many, same thing. of many of many brethren. I was the only yeah. one. Yeah. Well, you and know, so the I, funny thing is no, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, you go, you go, Jeff. Oh no, I was just, I yeah, I don't know if it would be. I I do think maybe upbringing. The good thing is all of these are centered around what Christ has done in our lives, like how He loves us, because there is quality time. You know that is a love language of God. Uh, acts of service that is certainly a love language of God. You know even physical touch, because whenever I'm in worship and we feel the Lord, you know, touch our lives. That is also, you know, uh, obviously non-sexual physical touch. So, you know, that's the good thing. Um, ultimately, I think we get our love languages from God. But uh, I do think maybe your upbringing and, and kind of how you look at things could definitely uh, influence that. Yeah. Rejoice says, words of affirmation followed closely by touch and quality time equals equal for me. Yeah. Gotcha. Kidding I'm not going to tell you. What, I'm not going to tell you what mine are. Yeah, I'm going to figure out. Holding hands, cuddling. Yeah, that's canon. Yeah, forehead kisses. Kenny's real sensitive. No, Kenny. Kenny's just a. He's a. What's a Drake's name? Um, certified lover boy. That's Kenny. <laughs> he's gonna beat us. That's why. Yeah. Uh, so Rejoice said the same thing. She said, uh, "The youngest in my family is gifts, so it's probably true." That's how my wife was like. I'm telling you, it's like she feels loved anytime. As a matter of fact, as he one time, I made a map. And get and made her go around the house looking for all these things and like I got her favorite candy and then at the end was it was a diamond ring. But anyway, she okay, freaked out. So I made I made it like real like like you know whatever and everything right because I mean I had to step my game up. So uh you know yeah, you've been listen, in the game for ten years. I I'm telling you. So uh what what I'm saying is if you know that somebody experiences love a certain way, like I said, and I'll just finish this this segment up. But like. Your tendency will always be to love the way that you feel loved, yeah. right? But this book teaches us that we got to switch that. And 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 I just want to make one quick point, not just on the relationship side, but as even my sons, the way that I love them, I've got to love them differently. I, I, I cannot tell you how different Ethan and Henry are. Ethan is exactly like his mom and Henry is exactly like me. So like- yeah. It's it, the way that I love them and how I, I give them that love has to be so different. And I learned so much from this book because of that. And I never would have thought to apply, but I was like, wait a minute, just because you're in a relationship. I mean, a parent is in a relationship with their kids, you know, as far as like a parental relationship. Right. Or it could be a, a relationship with your friend. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm saying it doesn't just have to be, I guess, in the romantic sense. It can be any relationship even non-romantic, like the ones I just like, you know, so. And that's the beautiful thing about being in a relationship with God, as through his spirit, we'll be able to discern. We'll be that's able right. to really um, build stronger communities outside of the family, build stronger communities, that's because right. then we'll all be not lovers of self, uh, but lovers of God. And, and really, and once you are a lover of God, then you'll know how to love. And love must have discernment. Love has to be guided. Love must be steward. And if you're in language is both uh, listening and speaking. 
And I think when we listen with our eyes and we listen with our ears and we and we really engage each other, then we can see how we can best serve each other because it's nothing like feeling loved. Feeling loved has a way of boosting confidence. Feeling yep. love has a way of of uh, uh, um, a person pursuing excellence. Every any person, you can see a person who's uh, maybe not be the most attractive person uh, if everyone wants to vote, but that person, since that child, that individual was loved, they carry themselves differently. And I think yep. once we embrace the love of God towards us, then we'll be sensitive enough to discern how other people will rather feel love. Because yeah. imagine how many kids grew up in homes, number one, not even aware of their own love language, but right. number two, their 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 parent or siblings wasn't aware of their love language. And then now they're looking for love in any kind of language. <laughs> and, 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 and then all of a sudden they set themselves up for perversion. And, and, and I think God says, hey, man, let me love you. Let me show That's you what love is so yeah. that we as men can go into our homes as pillars, right? And then we'll be able to say, you know what? I'm going to tend. And one thing about me that I that I, I asked my wife for forgiveness, man, I think I was so caught up and so gung-ho about being the, 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 the husband, like being the husband, but not in noun, but but and in verb, but I really wasn't tending her. Like I really thought, hey, I sacrificed for you. Man, you didn't even know the things I had to think about, but I made sure you had this. I made sure that you had a great roof. I made sure that, and it was like all these acts of service, which mm-hmm. is to a degree, it wasn't ignored by her. It was just absent of how she felt love. And hey, since her and since her love language was gifts, Jeff, I said, babe gifts as a as a man i was programmed to think valentine's day correct birthdays yep christmas right anniversaries that's four days a year so but i was see, like they, I see, see they that. want the random they want the they want, want the random they want, they want the spontaneous because said, those are hey. the days you're supposed to be doing that but they want it on the days that you're not so just because but i was like do you not see all the stuff that I do, the listening, the 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 uh, thinking three moves ahead, calling you to make sure. And it's like, man, I thought I was I thought I was doing it big, Jeff. Because you were loving the way that you want to be loved. Exactly. And well, yeah, yeah. And my thing is, but then I realized, Josh, I was the type of guy, Jeff, where I was like, I gotta do the big gifts. Yeah. So Valentine's Day, it was like, it's the small things, bro. I realized I didn't have to get three dozen. All she wanted was one in a card. I was like, one rose in a card? I could have been flipping this thing once every day. You know what I I did one time? What's that? Y'all, I snuck into my wife's phone when she wasn't looking. Dang, Jeff. And I went to her Pinterest and saw all her (laughs) Of the he, didn't, he, he didn't go to the deals. That's yep. love. That's trust. And I, and I went in and I saw all the posts that she likes, and I took a screenshot, sent it to my cell phone, deleted the text that was being sent to my phone I after I, see, see, I received it. I, see. I feel a preach coming on. I'm just kidding. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, 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 I yeah. saw that when I got that text on my phone, and yes, I deleted the evidence on her phone. I was able to go in and research based on the screenshot that I sent myself. 
And when I did that, I was able to find all kinds of goodness that I was able to send to her. And she's like, how did you know? I said, because the Holy Ghost. Hey. No. <laughs> I, said, no, I, snuck it to I said, I snuck it to your phone because I knew that I see she thinks I can't surprise her, but I still surprise her even and, to this and, day. And that's and that's what I'm learning, man. It's like, but I was thinking I have 40, 50, 60 years, man. But I learned, man, just watching her evolve will 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 um, create new opportunities of serving through gifts, and that's and I'm realizing, man, because I was like, am I not am I not the husband you always dreamed of? Am I not doing? And I and she was saying, I'm not ignoring that. I see that, but I feel empty. I said, man, Christmas is two weeks away. I got you. <laughs> or, or Christmas is three months away. Just wait and see. Uh, we were in a church one time and a friend, a couple friend of ours, the yeah. pastor, you know, he say, look to your neighbor. We'll, we'll finish with this because I know we got to get to the topic. But he said, look to your neighbor and say something good to them. And, and uh, my friend, he looked at his wife and he said, baby, I'm the best thing that ever happened to you. <laughs> That's, that was the good thing that he said. Oh man, aren't we? I said, "What are you aren't, doing?" Oh my I'm, goodness! I, that's she not a Jesus. Laughed. Yeah, she she laughed because you know she has a sense of humor. But oh my goodness, that made me. My wife told me about it. I laughed so hard. I said, "Oh my goodness!" You reminded me of that when you said, "Am I not the man of your dreams?" I told my wife that tonight. I said, "You know, it's hard being the man of your dreams. It's tough, man. It's a tough job, man." <laughs> and she rolled her eyes. She rolled her eyes at me. And bro, and bro, and we're doing really this for do we we doing this for free. Exactly. Well, we get paid in other ways, but I mean, at the same time, you know, you know, anyway. Yeah. All right. So, so yeah. So anyway. that's great, man. I look, I look forward to it. I'm going to take a test, man, and see what mine is. Yeah, let's do uh, that. And I, it might be, it might just be, a, I don't know, bro. I, re I really cannot tell. I'm, I'm looking look at through, and I think they have it online. I'm going to check and see if they do. I'll send you the link, but I know it's in the book. If not, I'll, I'll fill it out or whatever and send it to you. Okay. I'll take, a, I'll take a screenshot and send it to <clears throat> your, your total or whatever. But yeah. I think it's in, I think they have a link to, to it being online. So we'll find out. We'll go into that. So sounds good. So, y'all, everyone's watching, listening right now. Make sure y'all tune in. Make sure y'all stick with us. We're going to go through these five love languages and, and, and more, more than likely um, speak from it from a male standpoint and how, and how we can better serve. Um, as Christ serves us and we serve our wives, but also being cognizant, like Jeff said, of, of being, of tending what's, what God has given you steward of. And I think a lot of us men, sometimes we, we tend financially, but we don't tend holistically. And, and, and we have to, like I told my wife, like I would never put my ministry above her. Uh, my ministry will downsize as my family upsizes. You see what I'm saying? And what I mean by downsizing my ministry is that I'm not going to just be always available. I'm not just going to take everything because I want to be in the field with my children, with my wife as she grows into motherhood. See, right now we men forget that we can't just tend with the same tools that we tended while dating. We, we, as, 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 because as a, as a woman evolves, we got to evolve in how we tend. You can't tend one small plant of potatoes the same way you tend a, a, a acre of potatoes. So as, as there are more, as there are more uh, crops, um, there's, there's more uh, 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 time because 
as you increase as a man, as as you increase the things around you, you got to change the way you tend um, the the extra that God is giving you. And so, well, I'm excited about this, Jeff. Man, I'm excited. With, I was excited when you told me about it, and and it kind of ties into what we're talking about today. Um, and I'm gonna go ahead and pull that scripture up. Make sure I got it up, up here. Right here we go. Um, like we said last week, Jeff and I talked about um, the difference between relationship and religion, and we 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 leaned more towards both because we talked about pure un, pure and undefiled religion is to visit the visit the widows and orphans in their need, and to remain unspotted from the world. And oftentimes we look uh, like we talked about last week. Many people throw religion out with the bathwater, right? And they'll throw all of it away. And that's what the devil wants. He wants lawlessness. Um, if there's no boundaries, if there's no parameters, then there's lawlessness, right? And so our goal was in our last podcast was to ensure that we all understand um, that there is parameters within relationship and how uh, we should not try to set ourselves up to pervert our relationship with God. And in thinking that we have one, we don't have one at all. And so the text that we're going to take our time to, to navigate today is um, John 15 through 15, one through 11. And <clears throat> this is by far one of my favorite, Jeff, favorite text to preach from by far, man. And so anytime I have the opportunity to be able to get into this text, that's actually a good question. I mean, that'd be a good question to ask us as preachers. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's our favorite text to preach from? And so maybe we'll save that for a podcast for another day because there's there's certain texts, man, um, uh, I can I can really get into. Genesis but, 37. Go ahead. You said, brother? I said Genesis 37. I love preaching from Joseph. How about Joseph? Yeah. Genesis 37, man. Um, a lot, a lot of text, man. Um, but this one here in Mark chapter four for me with the different soils. Uh, the Mary and Martha story. There's a lot of things that I, I I I can I can preach days on because of the revelation that God showed me uh, that He written in His Word. Uh, but uh, I'm gonna read it real quick, and then we're gonna get into it. So everyone who's in the, uh, watching us live or watching later or listen later, get your oh well the Bible verses on the screen. Um, but if you're listening, go ahead and get your word out. It says, "I am the true vine." This is Jesus speaking, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. He prunes that it may bear more fruit. See, the thing, I want to stop there, Jeff. Preachers, I just can't read the whole thing. I got to stop there. Um, It's crazy how oftentimes we want the prize, but not the process. We want the stage, but we don't want to to actually become what we need to be, right? In order for us to endure pruning, we must understand the goal of the one pruning us, okay? If we understand that the goal of the one pruning us is for us to bear more fruit, then it will help us count our joy when we go through trials. I digress. Let's keep going. Verse three says, already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Jesus given a parallel as him as the vine. Notice in the first part, the text says, I am the true vine. True vine, uh, for those who are, are, are able to comprehend that means that there are other vines. But let's keep going. I'll get into that. I'm so sorry. This is one of my favorite texts. Verse four. It says, let me pull up here. 
It says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither you, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. Again, abide in my love. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Now, there's a lot in this text, Jeff, and I'm going to start with that latter part there. It says, um, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Um, I'll start from the top. It says, I am the true vine. Like I said before, Jesus was letting the, the crowd and the, this, well, the disciples specifically understand and know that what his life was and what his life was going to be beyond the death and burial, right, and resurrection was the embodiment of the Holy Spirit in us that will ensure that we bear much fruit. Now, what is the fruit that he's talking here? The fruit of the Spirit. We talked about that, I think, two weeks ago or two podcasts ago. That, uh, that there's a difference between fruits of the flesh or fruits from work or fruits from sweat versus fruits from uh, the spirit, right? Fruits from sweat, I can make money. That's a fruit of my time. That's a fruit of my energy. That's a fruit of my effort, right? But my goal as an individual is to produce sustaining fruit. Sustaining fruit is that in order for me, for my marriage to be sustained, if my if my marriage is not uh, infused through me as a husband and infused through my uh, wife as a wife, love, joy, peace, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then those things won't be evident. We have to ask ourselves, what are the things that are hindering the vine flowing through us so that we can bear fruit to sustain everything in their time, right? That's why you said, I am the true vine, meaning there's false vines. I can plug into money. Money can be my vine. Uh, um, my need for love can be my vine. My idols, any idol can be a vine. And those things can be contaminated because the vine, the root also has to be in pure water. Right. If, if a tree is in, in disease, not disease water, but if it's in bad water, it will affect if you have fertilizer that has chemicals in it. If the dirt is poison, the fruit will be poison. Right. So we must understand that the architect of this whole thing was the father that laid the vine so that we can then be connected for the fruit of the spirit to be manifested so that we can be able to sustain. Let's keep going. I am the true vine, not one of the, I'm not a, a, a whatever, I'm the true vine and my father's the vine dresser. Verse two says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Now, let's stop there. Most people will look at this and say, okay, well, are the branches that were burnt or withered or broken away, are those Christians? Now, some people don't believe it, but I look at it from my interpretation. What I feel from it is anybody can be 
in the kingdom, not in the kingdom, but everybody can be associated with Christianity, but not be Christians. They can be literally in a part of a body, part of the body. They could be a part of a church, but not actually be converted believers, right? Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Now, Christ is divine. The father is divine dresser. Who are we? The branches. I was speaking to a bunch of athletes in 2016, Jeff. And uh, these guys were one of the top 100 uh, or so basketball players in the nation at that time. And I told, I told these young men, I said, hey, man, you want big fruit, but are you a big branch? You want big fruit, but are you a strong branch? And it was kind of quiet because probably a handful of them or few may not understand the parallel through scripture. But I told them, I said, you may want a max deal. You may want to go to the NBA. You may want to be these different things. But if you're not a person of character, if you haven't allowed yourself to be pruned, if you haven't allowed yourself to go through seasons so that you can be seasoned, right, then you're not going to be successful. And what happens with low hanging fruit? If I have low hanging fruit, is the devil don't have to take, it don't take much effort for the enemy to snatch that away. But if I'm a strong branch and I'm held up because I'm pruned, then he's going to have to climb the tree to get me. And he's not going to be able to climb it. Right. But it says in every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Pruning is essential. The only time prosperity comes before pruning is in a dictionary. <laughs> the only time prosperity comes before pruning is in a dictionary. And most people, Jeff, do not want to go through that process, the process of holiness, the process of being molded into the image of Christ, the process of sanctification, the process of that the imputation of Jesus' righteousness gave us the opportunity to reach the, in the depths of sanctification to produce even greater fruit that will sustain our marriages, sustain our communities, sustain our nations, sustain our world. But most of us, we reach for prosperity and, pr and then pruning. So what happens is we have big fruit, but weak branches. And that big marriage, that big whatever breaks you in the process. You seem like you want to jump in, Jeff? I didn't know if you saw something that you want to. No, you're good. Keep going. It says uh, fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Like I said before, when you know the intentions and at the bottom, it talks about God's love for us. If you know the intentions of the one that's pruning you, then you will let the pruning fulfill its process so that because you know that his goal during this, this, this trial, this tribulation, this, this process is for you to bear more fruit. Jeff can tell you, and I can, uh, can attest that I am not the product of my comfort years. I'm the product of my conflict years. I am the product of my trying times. I, like Jeff, we read that verse in James, count it all joy when you go through various trials. That thing sounded very poetic until I went through it. Right. Now, as a seasoned believer, it doesn't matter what comes my way. I can count it all joy because I know the intention of the vine dresser. I know the, the intention and since I know, since I have given him my attention, now I know his intentions, and now I can be in a place of 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 of, of allowing the spirit of God to use this that's working it working together for my good because I'm I love God and I'm called according to His purpose. When you know purpose, you will understand the pruning. And most people break fellowship 
or go through the the uh, um, what you call that guy, the prodigal son phase of their life because they don't know the intentions of the one that's pruning them. But when you know the intentions of the one that loves you, you will let him love you. And most people, they want the tender love of God, but not the tough love of God. People want this fairy tale Christianity where, where everything is uh, 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 rainbows and roses and, 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 and cupcakes and whatnot, man. No, God chastens those whom he loves. He corrects, he prunes, he removes the deadness. And as I was doing a study on this, Jeff, that the pruning process was to remove excess branches. It was to remove diseased branches that were on that branch. It was to tear away any branch that was diseased. It was to realign the branch so that it wasn't like if the branch was bent a certain kind of way, if a branch wasn't whatever, and the vine was pinched and the vine wasn't able to get to the top, the full branch, they had to work the branch until the vine was able to get all the way through. So there's a process in us as believers, and he's saying, abide in me, abide. Let's keep going. <clears throat> Verse three says, already you are clean. Clean means you, like the word of God is a sharp, like a, a two-edged sword, piercing, that he gets up in there. You already clean because the word is in you. You made aware, right? Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Now, let's look at the definition of abide real quickly. Let me pull this up. I already got you. I already oh, go got ahead, you. Jeff. Go ahead, Jeff. Thank you, brother. I, really, I yeah. had already put it up. It says, of a feeling or memory uh, lasting a long time, enduring. Enduring is the uh, 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 remain, wait, yeah, uh, delay, <clears throat> remain behind, um, but, but enduring. Is, is one of the definitions. And people don't understand the, 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 the importance of endurance as a skill. That's a fruit of the spirit. That's, that's one of the contributing factors of the fruit of the spirit. And I always say this when I teach that it didn't say the fruits of the spirit, because if it's a fruits of the spirit, it says that it will imply that they're not connected. Right. But the fruit of the spirit means that you cannot have one without the other. Right. How can I be long suffering with my wife if I don't love my wife? Or if I don't accept the love of God in my life, how can I be long suffering with my wife and endure hardship like a good soldier? If I don't, if I don't know that Christ loves me, it says abide in me. Like Jeff said, just remain, just let like rest. Like Jeff, man, one of the greatest lessons I learned in this, in this stage in my life, man, is the beauty of rest. Just resting in him. He's be he became our Sabbath. He became our rest, right? And in us just abiding and remaining and enduring and remaining steadfast, that means that I, I can easily remain steadfast when I know the end of my father's intentions. If I know his intentions <clears throat> and I know the fruit of it. <clears throat> so <clears throat> when you understand, give me one second. Sure, take a drink. When you know that you're loved and that he has intentions for you <clears throat> and his intentions are, are good and you know the end result, you can endure. It's easy to endure when you know the end result. Anything you want to add, Jeff? Yeah, I was I just going to say, 
Yeah, yeah, we could because we could talk about the the pruning part. You know, I thought yeah. about I thought about gold. You know, gold is not pure unless it goes through fire. And there's scripture yes, that talks about he takes away the dross. You know, pruning is so that God can see that nothing else owns you. And a lot of times we we say that we're committed to Christ, but like you mentioned earlier about the scripture where it talks about the, the different types of seed. That is a part of pruning because he's coming along to see if the cares of the of this life are going to choke yeah. what is what is what you have said is taking place on the inside. You know, something they used to do whenever they would uh somebody would come up and give their life to the Lord at the altar, they would say, you know. You know, such and such, Jeff and Josh gave their life to the Lord today. But we as a church body are going to encourage them, and we're going to wait to see and make sure that what they said they actually got. Because a lot of people think that they have something that they haven't got. And 2020 yeah. came along, and it exposed yeah. that the prayer life you thought you had, you didn't really have. That the Bible study life that you thought you had, you didn't really have. Yeah. Because you were able to cover it up with all of these gimmicks. And then all of a sudden, when you were put into a hard place and you realize that, wait a minute, I've actually got to fight my way out of mm. this situation. There's no more something's going to carry me or I can get by or I can replace it with entertainment or I can do all this kind of stuff. No. All of a sudden, you're in a place where you're like, I've got to see what, you know, is what is on the inside of me the real thing or not? And it's kind of like God does that pruning. And any gardener knows that without pruning, the tree will not grow. It won't. God is interested in growth. He's interested in quality. Listen, you can have a million orange trees, but if all of the fruit is rotten, quantity or the quantity doesn't matter. Quality mm -hmm. is what matters. So, for instance, if I had a, a vineyard with with um you know uh, five thousand uh, apple trees and all of them are rotten, but I got one <coughs> apple tree. Well, let me switch the fruit because we don't want to get into the garden. But uh, and one orange tree that, that the fruit is is good and it's not rotten. A nine or ten times out of ten, the people that came to that vineyard, where are they going to go? They're going to go to the one with the quality, not the one with the quantity. Right. And so, um, you know, I love the verse and where he said, uh, "Apart from me, you can nothing." And no. Ezzy, I want you to continue. But one thing that I hear from religious people, and, and just so we understand, because we clarified this last time, Ezzy and I are for religion. We're for true religion, which coexists with a relationship, right? right? Because religion without relationship is bondage, and it leads to frustration. But here's what I hear from people that do not have a relationship, but they want to do the things, you know, they have a form of godliness, kind of what you mentioned earlier. They're in mm. there, but they're not of it, if that makes sense. And what they'll do is they're like, well, I just got to get my life right. I have got to get my life right. I Oh, I'm going to start eating healthy. I'm going to start reading my Bible. I'm going to start praying more. I, I, I'm going to do this. I, I, I. And what happens is because they don't have a relationship, they go on this cycle over and over again of trying to be better and do better. But then what happens is that they fail each time. Because what they didn't realize is that they were, they, they were not abiding in him. They were abiding in their ability and wow. because their ability will always fall short of who he is. They are they are constantly in that cycle. They can never catch up because they'll never be good enough. They will never be able to produce the fruit 
that Christ says for us to produce. Why does he say, Ezzy, that if he doesn't bear fruit, he rips the branch out? Why? Because down in the verse, if you go down a little bit further, it says, it says, if anyone does not abide in me, verse six, he is thrown away like a branch of withers and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burn, right? But why didn't he bear fruit? Why was that person fruitless? Mm. The reason they were fruitless is because if you look up there, he said, whoever abides in me and I in him, I in him he it is that bear in verse five, it bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Why is he saying that? He said, the reason you're fruitless is because you have a religion without a relationship. Wow. You're not abiding it. You're not abiding in me. <clears throat> Therefore, you cannot produce the fruit of your relationship with me because you don't have one. Don't have you one. do all of the miracles. You prophesy. You, you cast out devils. You do all that. But you do not live like I do because you are not living in me. You're fruitless because you're not abiding. Wow. And that's the danger of religion, because religion will make you think that your ability is what needs to be changed. And that's then, not what needs to be changed. Your and, nature is what needs to be changed. Go ahead. And then you start comparing abilities. Exactly. Because you compare yourself amongst yourself and, and you'll yep. say, yeah, you'll say, oh, well, I live like my youth pastor or I live like him. So it's fine. I must be saved. But here's the problem. Your pastor, if he's living right, is not doing it in his own ability. He's doing it because he's yielding to the Holy Ghost. So if you say, oh, well, I'm going to live, I'm, I'm doing exactly what they're doing. But see, here's the thing. God looks at the heart, Ezzy, and yep. he knows if you're going through all the motions, but for the wrong reasons. And he knows every intention of your evil heart because he knows that if you just do religion, but don't have a relationship with him, sure. You may be successful in the world's eyes, and there's plenty of preachers. Trust me. Turn on the TV. Some of them are so successful, it's unbelievable how many members they have. But here's the problem. The fruit is rotten. Their members are, are there, there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands. But guess what? If I took you to that vineyard and I showed you them, and then I showed you this little old tree over here that maybe has 10 pieces of fruit on it, but yeah. it's fresh, yeah. which one are you going to choose? You're going to go for the one that's fresh. But because they're not abiding in him, and I think I think that's a problem. If I would just finish with yeah, this, yeah, keep going, bro. Yeah, I would just finish with this point. Here's what I would say: You're trying to do Christianity. That's a problem. You should not be focused on doing. You should be focused on being. That's the it. only way you can be is if you abide. The fruit will come automatically. A, a orange does not have to have to bear itself. The branch bears it. The vine. Like he says, it's connected to the to the roots. That's what produces the fruit when the right nutrients because you're connected. It's not something you try to do. Christianity is not something you try. Islam is something you try. Yep. Absolutely. All of the Hinduism is something you try. Those are things where you work and work and work. But Jesus says, listen, I don't care how hard you work. A rotten fruit is a rotten fruit. And until you get in your nature changes and you become grafted in and become a fresh fruit, you're, it doesn't matter. You're not you're not going to produce any fruit without me. And because you're not abiding, you're, you're, you're going through this cycle of religion without relationship. And you're doing these things over and over again. As a how many times I know you can say this because we've both been in ministry for many years. Yeah. How many people honest question have you met? And and over and over again, they are dealing with the exact same problem. It never it may change names, 
But it's the exact same problem over and over again for years and years and years. And you know the reason that they're not doing that they're not able to do it is because they're not they're not truly saved. They're not abiding. They're not truly. They don't have a true relationship, and that's why they continue to struggle. How many people have you met like that? Where they're like, "Well, I'm trying, and I do it, and I work, and I and I can never say it can never it never seems to get better." Yep, and and it's and it's sad because they're trying to force it versus letting it flow. Yeah. You can't you can't force the ghost, man. You can't force the flow. You gotta let it flow, like right. a orange just naturally becomes at the edge of that vine and the branch, right? <clears throat> and there are so many points that I wrote down, man. Yeah, because ahead. form of godliness, but denying the power. It is only by his power. The word of God says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Everything must be done by his spirit. Everything, everything, not right. some things. Everything that I do must be done by his spirit, meaning that I must allow the power to flow. Like, I I don't try to be a husband. I become day by day a husband. If I try to be a husband, I can read all the books all day, Jeff. I can, I can, I can do it. I can read, watch all the videos, but I would be a bad husband. Right. I would be, I would, I would be doing everything right, but I won't be right. Why? I won't be right because you can't be anything without the creator. You can't of that thing because, because you're in the way. You're in the way. That's why, Jeff, I learned, and most young believers will understand this as you get older, older, is that when you rest, things become their best. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, when you just say, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm slowing my life down to the point of stillness. And then I'm just going to let you flow through me and I'm just going to be led by you and I'm just going to obey you. Then over time, you will then begin to see the miracle work of the spirit indwelling in you. Right. People want to fake the Holy Spirit or act like they have it. And our church have been cathedrals and, and the laughing stock of the world because everybody want to run around the church and shout and do all these different things, but leave the same as the way they came in. Oh. Talent, talent doesn't destroy the yokes. Anointing does. You That's can... Right. People who are babes in Christ or not in Christ at all cannot fully interpret fruit. So what they do is they think the move of God is based upon the size of a church. And so what happens is that the devil knows that most people are biblically illiterate, unable to exegete, naive to the, the spiritual warfare. Right. That, that comes with these things, what they begin to do is, wow, God must be obviously moving in this. And then when seasoned individuals like us say, no, warning, 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 mark that, mark that person, mark that church, mark, interpret, look for fruit. And look, um, you will know them by their fruit. But because and, we- and go ahead, Tell go ahead. me, bro, let me just say something, because you yeah, said yeah. something. I think some people- they look at the fruit and it's the fruit that they want, but it's not the fruit that the spirit wants. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? They go yep. to the church and, and so for instance, they're like, oh, they preach prosperity. Well, I'm poor, so I want to be prosperous. So this must be this must be successful because this is meeting the need of the fruit that I have. Meanwhile, remember, you're on here for what? 80 something, 90 something years? What does it matter? What does it matter if you suffer every day of your life if for eternity you're with Christ? Your life is a speck of sand on a beach. Eternity yeah. is the entire beach of all the sand. Think about it. 
It does, so you can't look for fruit that that it, that speaks to you. You have to look for fruit of the Holy Spirit that puts God first, not yeah. man. And and that's what we have to understand is that I don't want a form of godliness. And right. in my form, because now I'm getting my form. This is my form. This is my image, my created Jesus. This is my form of yep. godliness that I adhere to, hoping it saves me, hoping that it makes me prosperous, hopefully hoping that it gets me all the things, life and life more abundantly, me, quote unquote, me, right? Me, 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 right. me versus them, 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 or we, 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 or him, right. him, him, right? right. So now- I'm denying the actual power. Little foxes spoil the vines. That's why I tell people the current state of your heart will determine what fruit you bear. If your heart is humble because of honor, you're going to bear much fruit. But most people who get into the form of godliness category, they don't even know they're operating in full arrogance. How do we think that we have the audacity to be husbands without God? Fam, you cannot be a husband without Jesus, fam. You cannot be a husband or a wife without his spirit. You can't. Do you know how many times we don't want to do this? Do you know how many times we we don't want to quit ministry or or get frustrated in marriage or or desire money? You know what I'm saying? But we got to understand that it's only by his spirit that we're able to truly see marriage how God wants us to see it, to truly see ministry how God wants us to see it, truly see money and all these different things how he wants to see them. So in seeing them things the way he sees them, because his word being spoken to us has already cleaned us, now we're able to have clear eyes and see this is how I love my wife, not lust my wife. This is how I love her. This is how I love God's people, not lust after their pockets, right? And so many people don't understand how the vine can be suffocated and, and, and bent and hindering the actual bearing fruit. And people get so caught up in fruit of sweat, not fruit of the spirit, the fruit of, the, of their sweat versus the fruit of the spirit. So what they're doing, Jeff, they're working, 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 working yes. versus resting, 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 and seeing the work of God through them. So I, go ahead, Jeff. No, go ahead. No, that was it, man. That was my last point on that, bro. Before I, I, I don't just, even know. Yeah. I, I, no, that's so good. Like, I really, I wrote down two things. Um, able versus available. Yeah. yeah. So, so let me explain it like that. Able, your ability versus your availability. Yeah. God does not want your ability because nothing you have can Isn't do anything to accomplish anything oh, wow. that he wants. Yeah. He wants your availability. This is where they miss it. They think that they can put together all these clever ideas, and we do this as individuals, where we think that, oh, well, let me work my way into this situation. But here's the problem that you don't realize with God. And this is what, Ezzy, I like that you said, because we're, we're kind of focusing on the, apart from me, you can do nothing, and the pruning process. Why is there a pruning process? Because everything that you depend on mm. in your life has to be removed until, apart from him, you can do nothing. Listen, if you've got, if you're relying on money, then it's got to go. If you're relying on your status, it's got to go. It's got, I'm not saying that God won't bless you. He has blessed Ezzy and I. I'm not saying that he won't elevate you and get and give you titles and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm saying is this, if you think that standing on those things are what accomplishes the things in the kingdom of God, 
you are extremely mistaken because that's what religion thinks. Religion thinks, oh, look at me. Look at all my degrees. Look at what I've done. You know, I went to seminary or cemetery or whatever they call it today. <laughs> yep. and, they, and, they, and they do all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, it's funny because they're still preaching to dead men, but they're dead themselves they're dead and they themselves. can't change anything. And so yep. they, they have a form of godliness. But he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. What does that mean? That means it's not by money. It's not by the might. It's not by uh, prestige. It's not by influence. Uh, it's not by uh, YouTube. It's not by the way I podcast. It's not by uh, 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 how great you are or your title or bishop this and bishop that. None of that means anything to Jesus Christ. He said, apart from me, you hmm. can do nothing. What does that mean? <clears throat> that means that whenever you stand all those individual things up by themselves, as soon as you remove Christ out of the way, they all begin to crumble. And everything you were standing on, like Ezzy and I said a few weeks ago from, I think, Mark, when we talked about what you were standing on sand or you're standing on the rock, eventually the storm comes. And the storm and the pruning is going to expose if yep. you have what you really think you have. And a lot of times people don't have it because they have been so conditioned to work. Now, Ezzy and I are not against works. As a matter of fact, if you if you were to hear most preachers today, they would say, oh, works don't save you and don't do that. They're correct. But I want to tell you something. Without work, faith, work, or without works, faith is dead. Works, right. are a, works are the proof that I am saved. They are, not, yep. they are not what saves me. Let me say that again. Works are the proof that I am saved. Works do not save me. So what does that go back to? That goes back to what Ezzy and I said a few minutes ago. Are you doing or are you being? If you are being, the works will come out naturally. Meaning, what does that mean? Ezzy, before I got saved and then I, something major changed. All of a sudden, I had a love for people that I never had before. Why? <laughs> Not yep. because I tried to love them. I used to cry over. I still do. I cry and weep over people. Ezzy, I never cried and wept over people before I got saved. Mm -hmm. I when I got saved, I didn't try to cry and weep over people. Because I was saved, it naturally it came. Naturally. Why? Because it was the God, it was God's heart for me to weep over them. That that's the thing, and I think they get it mixed up because I see this so often is that when you are religious but no relationship. You go through these cycles after cycles after cycles of trying to be good enough. Hmm. And I want to tell you that Jesus loved you when you're not, when you weren't good enough and when you were never going to be good enough because you'll never be good enough. It's and impossible. And that's right there, Jeff, is, is pivotal. It's realizing I can rest when I know I'll never be good enough. Right. I, I can rest because I know and that... I can't do it in my own strength. Go ahead, bro. I, no, no, yeah, no. I sorry. No, finish. I want to tell you a story. I think you'll really like it. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm listening. Yeah. I heard. I heard. And I. I don't know. I'd have to check this because I, I don't know names, and I wouldn't use names anyway. But there was a minister that um, he was preaching and all that, and he kind of went off into some waywardness. He he got off into sin, mm -hmm. so he stepped down from the ministry. And many years later, the Lord said, "I, I want you to start a Bible study." You know what the preacher said to said to God? What do you say? He said, God, I'm not I'm not worthy enough. Yeah. You know, because of all I had done. Yeah. And you know what God said back to him? When were you ever worthy? Mm. Man. I know. 
It makes me want to cry. But yeah. when yeah. are you ever worthy enough? It's not your worthiness. It's mine. It's God's worthiness. Not I'm saying God's worthiness. Yeah, I know somebody. Yeah. Yeah. It's God's worthiness. It's he is good enough. Man. We are never good enough. He is good enough. That's and, why we abide in him because he is good enough. And when you realize, when people realize the goodness of God, that's why the Bible says it is the goodness of God that draws man, men to repentance. That's right. It's, but when we have a poor perspective or poor interpretation of what goodness really is, then will we ever come to repentance? When I, when I, the moment I realized that I would never be good enough, I rest more in Jesus. Right. I bet you those people in the children of Israel, when that blood was over that doorpost and those people said, y'all rest tonight, stay inside, <laughs> just stay inside. You don't have to worry about your firstborn being dead. If the fact that they got the blood on the doorpost gave them rest. And they trusted it. The same as with me. As long as I got the blood on my doorpost, it is now a, a honor to serve him. Not, not to try to become eloquent. Like Paul said, I don't, I'm not trying to impress you with the eloquence of speech. I just want you to know that he's, the, uh, 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 that, uh, what he said, um, the power. What did he say, Jeff? I didn't come with words with eloquency of speech. Oh, yeah, or enticing wisdom, but in the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. The power and demonstration of who? The, the Holy. Holy Ghost. I, I, my main goal in life is for the Holy Spirit to always use me. And that's what Jeff was saying. Ability versus availability. People get their credentials before the Christ. And they think they're of use of the Christ. And the Christ just said, I just want your life. I want you. I'll tell you what, Izzy. The only credentials that a Christian needs is the cross. That's get, it. Listen, you know, this preacher said one time, he said, he said, he said you want to know why you struggle? You want to know why you can never seem to get it right? He said, let me tell you, close your eyes. I want you to walk up Calvary's Hill and I want you to see Jesus on the cross. He said, do you see him? And the man said, yes, sir. He goes, now I want you to walk underneath the cross and look on the other side. He said, what's there? He said, nothing. He goes, that's where you belong. If mm. you will die to yourself, then you will stop going through these cycles of religion and all this other kind of stuff and trying to make things happen versus abiding in me because mm. you've died with Christ. Therefore, you are raised with Christ. But until you die, you cannot be raised. And that's the part. We want the resurrection, but we don't want the cross. And we don't want we don't want Calvary and the beatdown and everything that happened to Jesus. We don't want that. But Jesus, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. He crucified. didn't say I'm prosperous with Christ. He said, I'm crucified with Christ first. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ, Christ. lives in me. It's, there, there has to be a pruning process. I have to take up my cross. That's the problem. A lot of people are laying at the foot of the cross, but they never get on the cross. You gotta get. You gotta die, man. You gotta get on the cross. You, you, you gotta. Don't, you don't. You don't carry a cross to look to look. Uh, 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 you know, nice in front of people. The bro. only thing that a person carrying a cross does, what do they do? They're carrying it to their death. We have and made the got, cross. We got to have a funeral every day for ourselves. We made Some a cross every hour. Go ahead. Every hour. We made a cross into jewelry, man. It was not to be around our neck, but on our backs, man. It was meant for us to carry this thing because there's something about suffering with Christ and 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 thriving with Christ and 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 just and just going. We're not talking about martyrdom. We're not trying to go to the extreme, and it could lead to that. Let's just keep it a, a buck. It it may lead to that for some, but what we have to understand is that 
I, my marriage, my marriage, anything that I'm connected to thrives when I die. Simple as that. When I'm more dead to myself, that thing becomes more alive. Right. And what we have to understand is that all we have to do is say, Holy Spirit, lead and guide me into all truth. Help me to stay in step with you. Slow your life down, ladies and gentlemen. Slow it down so you can be sensitive enough and still enough to hear what he's he's leading you to do so that you can just see what it means to abide. Most people, they're they're so anxious about tomorrow and so uh, annoyed by yesterday that they're not appreciative of the grace and mercy they have today. They're not appreciative of the goodness of God that's evident because they're distracted by the obnoxiousness of the past and the anxiety of the future that they're forgetting about how God wants to be their Abba, that God wants to be everything to them, and that all he's saying to them, come to me all who are laid and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Rest, y'all. That's all we're saying. It's simply just saying, Holy Spirit, I'm resting in the finished work of Christ. I'm resting in the sanctification process of your spirit. I'm resting and I get to see the miraculous fruit of the spirit of God manifest in my life. It's good to see a smile on my wife when I see that the Holy Spirit is manifesting fruit in my life. Have I always been patient? No. But when I see super, like a, a supernatural patience flow through. Like people understand the world's love is tainted. Yeah. These fruit that we're talking about are supernatural. No human being outside of Christ truly knows how to love. Any person outside of Christ, they're pursuing happiness, not contentment. Uh, and, go ahead, Jeff. No, go ahead, sorry. Oh yeah, all the fruits of the spirit. You can't. You you. you it's impossible for someone outside of Christ to be long suffering. If they are patient, they're patient with with uh, ill motives. They're just waiting for the wrong reasons. So everything we do is a supernatural work. And imagine seeing you know your former self, and now you see your freak your uh your uh now self with this fruit. Now it motivates you to go further. Go ahead, Jeff. Well, now I was just gonna say that. Uh... When you abide in Christ, you produce a fruit that the world is incapable of producing. Incapable of. Incapable of. And so that will prompt the world to look at you and say, what Mm. is different about you in this situation? Because I am fruitless and you are fruitful. Why? Why? How is it that everything you put your hand to even when you're going through hell on earth, it is fruitful, but I am fruitless. What are you plugging into versus what I'm plugging into? What vine are they of? See, they don't know. They don't know biblical terms, but they're like, something is different. different. What is different? And the thing is, is this. If you're doing it right, meaning if you're abiding, the person they will see is Jesus Christ. They'll see it. They may not know him by name, but they will see attributes that they are incapable of experiencing or producing on the inside of you. They'll see it on the inside of you because your father will show. Because here's the thing, Ezzy, and it's like I tell my boys all the time. I said, listen, science proves that Jesus is real. Here's how I know. Mm-hmm. Whenever I go into your room at night, it's dark, right? I said, but as soon as I flip the switch on, what happens? Immediately darkness flees every right. single time. It is a scientific fact. 
that if I go into a dark room and shine a bright light, all of a sudden, all that darkness will go to the corners of the earth or out, depending on how big the light is, right? And so let me let let me just say it like this. Here here's what religion is versus relationship with religion. If I told you you had to go to a uh, hundred miles and you had to do it on foot, versus I told you you had to go a hundred miles and you could do it in a jet, which one would you choose from your common sense thinking? Of course, you would choose the jet, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to get there and it's going to be. You're, what are you going to do? I'm going to sit back. I'm going to eat a hamburger, a cheeseburger, and drink some juice, and maybe mm-hmm. watch something or listen to something. And what am I going to do? Well, as he's been saying, I'm going to rest because yes. I'm in a jet. But if I've got to walk a hundred miles, man, I do not. And I remember, I, I, I don't have. I can't sit down and relax. There's nothing you can do to relax. There's no such mm. thing as relaxing. You have to walk a hundred miles when you have to work for it. There's no such thing. The only way I'm going to rest is if I'm up in the jet. But see, some of y'all, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get to the same way, but up another side. And Jesus said that they would come up the sidewall and around the back and all that kind of stuff. But he said that won't work. The only way is to come to me. And what did Jesus say? As he, he said, my yoke is easy. And my burden my is burden light. Because mm. y'all are doing a religious uh, hurdle and circus that is causing you to work for everything. And that's why your yoke is going to break you. Uh, the yoke on the oxen, right? He said, my, but my, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Why? Because Jesus is the jet. And y'all are walking on uh, through rough terrain out in the middle of the desert for 100 miles on your own on your own ability. And it's not going to work. You're not going to be able to rest. And so that's the difference where you're working towards something. You can't even relax. And that's what you're doing in life. Your whole life, you're living. All you're doing is working and running around and doing all these things and staying busy and, and going around in circles. Just like the, the children of Israel were in the desert 40 years, just going around in circles because they were trying to do it on their own power instead of abiding in the spirit. They just want to go around. And that's exactly what's going to happen. If you're watching us today and, and you all you do is go around in circles and it seems like the same issues every time you can never get free from. It, it's the same thing. I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He said, come unto me, all you that labor. The labor means work. Yep, and heavy. That labor and are heavy laden. I mean, you got, listen, if I took a hundred pound uh, backpack off your back, would you notice the difference? Mm. What if I took it off? I mean, I mean, come on. When you get saved, you should notice something. If you, you had a hundred pound backpack on and then I took it mm. off, you mean to tell me you don't know the difference between that? I felt a hundred pound backpack fall off me when I got saved. Yeah. My life completely changed. I didn't have to work for it anymore. And so he says, come on unto me, all you that work and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's what you should be doing. You should be abiding in him, yielding to him, and let him worry about the details. Let him worry about the issues, not you. If it didn't take no sweat to get it, why are we trying to sweat to keep it? Right. Mm. If it took no sweat to get it, he did all the work. Will he not finish that work? Right. And abiding takes work. Abiding just doesn't mean um, just sitting. It means to watch and pray. Right. To watch and pray. No, I'm going to stay in this. I'm going to remain stable in him. I'm going to remain fixed in him. I'm not moving. I'm going to endure. I'm going to endure. I'm going to stand 
I'm going to stand. I'm going to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. I'm not moving. That takes work. So you got to ask yourself, what were the things in your past? What are the things now that made you move? And you have to eliminate those things. And I wrote something down when Jeff was talking about idols. I wrote that one thing can either be an idol or a useful item. One thing, one thing, we both look at the same thing. Me and Jeff can look at money and it could be an idol to me or it could be a useful item to Jeff. Right. Same thing. It is our perspective of that thing or our perception of that thing that determines whether it's an idol to us or a useful item for us, right? If we have a poor perspective about money and non-biblical understanding about money or not a, a, a Holy Spirit embody in us that enable us to see money, marriage, ministry, and whatever else the right way, then those things will become idols. Right. But when we see these things the right way, marriage no longer becomes an idol of yours. And uh, uh, money doesn't become an idol of yours. You now begin to see this as a useful item for the kingdom of God. And that's what it means. It's like, God, help me to, I, I'm a steadfast, I'm a stay in this thing because I know the more I am in him, the more able I am to see the fruit in my life and to ensure fruit in those connected to me. And I think what messes up a lot of people, Jeff, they want, they want the credit. That's why people work, man. Man, oh. People want the credit. That's why they're working. They don't want the Christ. They don't want the life. They want the credit. They want to prove that they're good. They want to prove that they're smarter than you, more religious or more righteous than you. It is our responsibility to say, if he be lifted up, he draws. Christ gets the credit for my life. And that is what's going to get the world's eyes and attention because money can't buy love. Money can't buy God's love. Money can get you some lust, but money can't get you love. Money can't get you joy. People right now got billions of dollars, right, Jeff? Got all kinds of money, but not content with what they have. There's people who are who will pay money for peace, fly planes to peaceful places, and still be tormented in their own minds. People don't understand. You got all the security in the world. You got everything, but those security guards can't keep them demons out of your life. Right. So people, go ahead, Jeff. No, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, people want the love. They want the joy. They want the peace. They want the patience. They want to be patient. They want to be kind. They genuinely want to be good. They want, not all, but they want to be faithful to their wives. A lot of men want to be faithful. A lot of women want to be faithful. They want to be gentle. They want to have self-control. But when they try to pay for these things or take five courses to get these things and they're a, a man of excellence and a, a woman of stewardship, but 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 no matter how much money they make, it gets squandered. When they see you in that Ford pickup truck paid for, when they see you in that that nice home, but it's not twenty five thousand square feet, when they see you content with what you have, loving your own enemies, when that coworker sees that your boss is mistreating you and you still love them, and that you. You in a place of peace and you're a peacemaker and you're a patient person. You can endure anything. And they see that you're, you're consistent in your endurance and they see kindness and your kindness is heaping coals of fire on their head, which in other words means your kindness is renewing their mind. And that you are a genuinely good person and you do good without expecting, not with not with not with no um um need for a, a payback. Right. 
and that men see that you're literally genuinely faithful to your wife when your co-worker sees that woman obviously making passes at you and you pass it off and you move away and he's like wow this man his wife ain't ain't even 20 miles close to this job and this man is faithful this person is gentle with my concerns and my needs. They not, they're not throwing 50 verses at me. They're just being in an epistle with me. And this person got self-control. I've invited them out to drink alcohol. I've invited out them to go to these places and they got self-control. And they say, no. Do you know how many people will show up at your cubicle, show up at your desk, show up at where at the, at the elliptical where you at the gym? They're going to show up and be like, how can I have what you have? Because I'm tormented. Exactly. Well, you know, I was thinking about how uh, what you said. I wrote down two things. Uh, one, uh, religion will cause you to give. Abiding will cause you to receive. Oh, man, bro. We, we, boy, I'm telling you, bro. Mm. So religion will make you work. It will make you give, 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 give. But abiding causes you to receive. It goes back to that ability versus availability. Mm. I'm available, therefore I receive. Mm. My ability, I work, I give. And then number two, listen, nobody, everybody wants a good, uh, 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 wants goodness. It, they just don't want holiness. They just want hope. So, there you go. There you go. Right, so so, so let, me, let me explain that. Nobody wants a, a, a drunken son or a... Or, or a, a, a a daughter that sleeps around. No, nobody actually wants those things. They want a good daughter and a good son, right? They want a good marriage. Nobody wants a lousy marriage, right? They want a good marriage. But here's the thing, though: they don't want a holy one. That mm. that's the difference. In other words, they want to they want it they want it to be good so that it doesn't so that it, it doesn't affect their lives in a negative yeah. way. But they don't want to they don't want to live a life of holiness that's set apart. You see, that's the difference. Is like you can be good. But and and people will like you. But if you are holy, let me tell you something. That's when the vipers come out. That's, that's when, when the demons come out, come out of people. Because you're revealing the standard. Yeah, because religious people can't handle that. They they don't mind if you're good. They don't want you to be holy. They don't want you to be set apart or different. Because they know that the way that they're living is not right. They know that on the inside. They know why why they're doing what they're doing. I mean, nobody's deceived. They know exactly what they're doing and why they're doing it, you know. And I think that's the misconception, you know, that that some of these people that, that are doing this. Listen, I, I had a conversation as he was somebody one time, and, and and you know what? They were living a sinful life in a, in a particular sin that I'm not going to bring up. Of course, yeah. But um, they were living in a particular uh, uh sinful lifestyle, and you know what? They, this is why sometimes I like people in the world better than people in the church. And I hate to say that, but this is the truth. Because they're more honest. And you know what You know what this person said to me? They said, what if I want to live this way? Hmm. Meaning, meaning, they said, they didn't They didn't say, you know, uh, they said, I, I want to sin. Meaning they, they admitted it. A lot of people don't admit that. They think, oh, like the Christian term is, oh, I'm in bondage. I can't help myself and all this kind of stuff. No, 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 no. You the Bible to... says that you you go into sin because you're led away by your own lust and entice. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's something that you on the inside that you desire, and and that's the misconception. Some of these people think, well, well, you know, I I I I'm in bondage to to this alcohol, or I'm in bondage to this drugs, or I'm in bondage to to uh, uh, <clears throat> us and, and and all this kind of stuff. Well, yeah, but it didn't start off that way. It started off with you having a desire, and now you're in bondage. Because the devil comes to pay, get get his pay, 
whenever you listen to it. And, you know, maybe one time we'll do Proverbs chapter seven, because that's a really yeah. good verse about yeah. um, the woman who, who entices the, the young man. Yeah. And she says, you know, my husband is, is gone. Uh, he's gone off into business. And the Lord showed me that one time, as he said, he said, uh, the husband represented consequence. And the woman represented sin. And she said, consequence isn't here right now. He's gone off somewhere. So come and take your Man. fill of me. But Man. what they don't know is that one day consequence is going we'll to return. Up. They're going to come home. And it's going to get its due. It's and everything that you did is going to be paid back. And so when you're living a religion where you're doing stuff based on consequence, because really, Izzy, that's what we're doing. When we have a religious life with that relationship, we're like, well, let me see what I can do that Let's won't produce far. a negative result. Right. Let's see how far I can go. Yes. Yeah, see how far. Exactly. See how far I can push the envelope and not get in trouble or not deal with consequence. And like you said about your wife, your wife's 20 miles removed. Right. But see, a, a relationship says, wait a minute. I love my wife. Or in this case, I love God and I know what he did for me. Why would I want to sin against him? Remember yeah. what David said? He said, I didn't sin against Bathsheba. I sinned mm. against you and you alone. 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 I didn't sin against Bathsheba because remember, she still came and did it with us. She could have fought. She the Bible doesn't say she fought. Now, no. maybe she would have lost her life, but she still didn't fight. But what I'm getting at, and she stayed with him afterwards. Now, he is the king, and I get that. But remember, David said, I have not sinned against you, but I have sinned against you and you alone. Mm. Why? Because he no longer cared about consequence. He cared about relationship. When you're concerned mm. with consequence, then it's like, oh, I sinned against that person. Now they're mad at me. And now I'm going to have to deal with a bad relationship and a baby dying and all that kind of stuff. But after he got through that and he's like, wait a minute, this isn't about consequence. Oh, my goodness. I broke God's heart. Man, that's <clears> the <throat> difference. I broke God's heart. And that's where they get. They get into this thing. It's so funny, is it? Because every time I hear these people talking about working toward kind of their religion and getting things right. Number yeah. one, you can't get things right because you don't yeah. have it in you or else Jesus wouldn't have had to die. But it's so funny. Every time they do that, they never talk about, hmm, I'd like to get to know Jesus. Only true Christians have ever said that. The ones that are with religion, remember what we said last week. He said, he said if you were of Abraham, you would do the works of Abraham. Hmm. Because Abraham knew me, but you don't. And the problem is, Jeff, people who are self-righteous, people who are not true believers, they're more concerned about, I don't want to break God's hand versus I don't want to break God's heart. So they're some, they get into this false religion. They're like, well, I'm going to do whatever it takes not to break his hand because I want his hand. I want his hand to keep providing for me. Those who truly love him says, I don't want to break his heart. So the false ideology and the false religion says God's hand is just giving out presents all the time. And so what they're saying is, don't worry about God's heart. Focus on his hand. No, right. no, no. True lovers of God said, I don't want to break his heart. Because it's forget about it. Him. It's about him. Bro, it don't, ma it don't matter if I do something this small. That small. It don't matter. I feel heavy. Right. Because I don't want to displease God. It's not about uh, uh, I want to be the best son down here. No, it means I love him for him. Cause I know what he did for me. I know what he did for me. I told my students one time and it, and it hit even the, the boys in my class, 10th grade guys. I told one of the guys, man, I said, he's about six, two. I told him, I said, 
if I jumped in front of you and took a bullet for you, would you ever forget me? He said, I'll never forget you. I said, Jesus did the same thing for you. Same thing. The wrath that was meant for you, he took it, swallowed it, embraced it. All of it, all of ours. Oh. He he took the bullet for everyone who wouldn't even accept him. He took the bullet. That, that's what I was going to say. Let's take it a step deeper. You just went out and robbed a store and shot somebody. He went to jail for you. And oh. then he stood in the way and took the bullet, and then he went to jail for you. That's the yeah. difference. Jesus didn't die for good men. He di he died for wicked men. That's yeah. the difference. Like like we think like oh he died for like all these good people. No no no. The Bible mm -hmm. says there's no no one. No that's good. good. No one is there's good. No one that's good. And and Jeff, that revelation right there is what what set me ablaze. <clears throat> was realizing that that what am I trying to say? What was your point? I lost my train of thought. Holy Spirit, help about uh, that he said you went out and and robbed the store and and shot oh, somebody. I told I tell people, man, like my level. I told the kids this. I said, I know I'm evil. I said, there's nothing good in me. I treat myself like, like, like people think that uh, it, it, what I'm not saying I'm evil. What I'm saying is, is that there is no good in this flesh. No. This flesh no. is evil, right. evil, right. which means that makes me even more dependent when I am aware of how wicked this flesh is. Right. A, 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 a person with common sense will say, if I don't know how to swim, and you do, who am I going to hold on to? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When I know that this body like, is incapable of swimming, is incapable of flying, is incapable, I'm going to hold on to the thing that can. Listen to this. Leonard Ravenhill used to say, Jesus did not die to make bad men good. Mm. He died to make dead men live. That's a difference, man. Because you know, psychology will make bad men good. Any, anybody, yeah. Five Islam can make bad men good. How many people have gotten out of alcoholism because of Islam? But they're right? dead. But they're still dead in trespasses and Unless sin. you be born. And there again. are only mm. two types of people in the world those who are dead to sin and those who are dead in sin. Mm. Which one are you? Because mm. Jesus didn't come to make bad men good, He came no. to make dead men live. And the in the in the to think, listen. There are so many programs that you can do to alter your behavior. There you go. There, there is no, there is not a program on earth that can alter your nature. That's no. the difference. Your behavior nature and nature, not your nature, not your behavior. You can modify behavior, but you can't change nature. No, you can't. That Only you can either renewed nature or rotten one. Either you got the first Adam. Or the second Adam, either you right. got the worlds or Christ's name. Um, man, that a preach, man. Nature right. versus behavior. You can modify any behaviors. There's right. a lot of people who got 17 great behaviors, right? Great in business. They do all kinds of crazy stuff to do it. Some people do hypnotism, they do yeah. all kinds of occultic stuff. There's all kinds of stuff to change. But see, that's the problem. They're addressing a problem that's not there. Meaning, not, uh, meaning, I don't go to church and preach to the prostitute to pull up her her shirt or put on or put on a, a nicer thing. Why? Because that's behavior modification. What yeah. I do is I preach Jesus Christ. She gets saved, and guess what? Nobody has to say a word. She'll come to church dressed right the next time. But y'all are so focused on 
the behavior part that you forget about the nature. And that's why you'll preach, you know, you need to not do this and you need to not do that. You need not. No, just give them Jesus. Once they have Jesus, it will change because it is a natural flow that happens because they're now abiding in him. So they produce the fruit that he produces. Man, that a preach, bro. I don't think people realize that it's not about changing behavior, but having our nature change. Once the nature is changed, the behaviors change. And but people get so caught up on <clears throat> some people overly overly consume with nature. They get so caught up on, uh, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. And they just, and, and they, whatever, they think they have the nature, mm-hmm. but then they start flooding into behavior. Oh, this behavior is okay because it's, his grace is so, the Bible says, shall we continue saying that grace abounds says, God forbid. So now you got this Run false. This- for your life. If you hear any preacher tell you it's okay to sin because Jesus paid it. That's people- a lie. And people will, and preachers are not dumb enough to say it. Some of them are dumb enough to say it, but some of them don't say it. They suggest it in a different way. They're cunning with it. If you tell a baby that there's water in this juice, but you don't tell them there's fructose and sugar in that and poison in it. Yes, you're right. There's water there. There's life in there. But that life has been overridden, not the life of Christ, but that facade with all this fake stuff. Right. right. So what they do is, like our sister said, they hide it. Right. They they're giving clearance to sin because they're saying, "Oh, Jesus paid." Do you know there's people that says that Jesus paid for all of our sins? Bro, right. I know that, that we that, don't have to that we don't have to confess our sins no more. I know they're like, "Oh, all your past, present, and future." I'm like, so let me ask you a question: mm. If you go to the judge and the judge and you tell the judge that, "Hey, thank you for forgiving me for what I did yesterday and the day before," but oh, by the way. Next month, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go steal from this store. And then the following month, oh, I think I'll murder somebody. And then a year from now, I'm going to go, I'm going to go uh, commit some type of fraud over here. I'm going to steal Grand Theft Auto. Auto, I'm going to steal somebody's car. What do you think the judge is going to do? He's going to look at you like you're crazy and put you right in jail. It's insane. People idolize right standing versus loving the one they're standing with. Yeah. Jesus provided a way for you to have your future sins forgiven in the present. Meaning yeah. he there's grace there that is true. But I can but I my he there's grace for today. I what you don't you, they misuse grace so much in the thing that Jesus paid all your sins. So all you you can live any way you want and you're going to go to heaven. That is the most damnable lie on the, the dangerous. Face of earth. And let me tell you something. They preach it at youth conferences and everywhere else. And let me tell you their gimmick. They'll tell those kids to come down and say a prayer. And because they said a prayer and cried a little bit of tears, all of a sudden they're saved. No fruit, but they're saved. Then they continue to live exactly like they've always lived. But because they said a prayer, insurance, everything is fine. And Jesus covered their sin. It's not true. It's not true. These Jesus are paid the price. But he, you cannot misuse the grace of God. Think about that. Think about how stupid that sounds. Think about if you have a, you have a kid, right? Think about this. If you have a child and you have a car, right? As a, you have a son, okay? But you yeah. need to have a daughter because I got two boys. So get I on. Got you. But got anyway, you thanks, got you bro. All right, working so, on it. Working on it. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, say like your son goes out and he steals your car, right? Mm-hmm. He comes back. He's like. Dad, I was trying to impress my friends. I wanted to go do this. You know, I shouldn't have done it. 
and I apologize. And you say, you know what, son? I forgive you. Don't let it happen again. He's like, oh, no, I'm going, I'm going out next week. I'm going the week after that. I just wanted to let you know that I was sorry for the, this one I just did. But next yeah. week, I'm going to go out and do it again. And the week after that, I'm going to go out and do it again. And the week after that, I'm going to go out and do it again. What would your response be to your son? You're not going to have the car. Get Thank you. Yeah. You're not going to touch it. Get, what are you thinking? It just doesn't make any sense. There's no common sense behind it. You it's know, because, it's like they, yeah. take it and they take it into something that's so... It, it, it's ridiculous. And so what oftentimes people understand is that it's been like this since the beginning of beginning of, of Christendom. And what I mean by that is when when Christian sects, S-E-C-T-S, began to idolize one aspect of the gospel, they make one aspect of the gospel more than what it needs to be. Right. And so what they do, they preach a partial gospel. And then five, 15 years later, they realize like the secret friendly movement, the guy who started secret friendly movement don't even have a church no more. Correct. How, well, is it, 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 it's like this. Like, think about it this way. If I'm baking a cake, right? Mm-hmm. Baking soda is not good by itself. <laughs> okay. Uh, you got flour, baking soda, sugar, vanilla, yeah. all that kind of stuff. You put uh, uh, milk and you're, you're putting all that or, or water or whatever. You're putting that in there, right? Yeah. If, if, if I just preach sugar, <laughs> but I don't have all those other ingredients, I'm not going to have I, cake. I ain't going to have no cake. If I, if I just preach baking soda, but I don't have no sugar, have you ever had a cake without sugar? It's terrible. terrible. What I'm saying is that all Abundant. of those things, all of those things, although that you might need more and a little bit more of each, Ooh. but they are all essential because the overall is that I'm trying to get the recipe. I can't hit that if I only focus on one aspect. Go ahead. Bruh, they may not be the same measure. But more than that measure will be too potent. So what I what we understanding is is that we have to understand that we can't make we can't pour uh, five cups of oil in a cake mix and expect the cake to come out right. It's not gonna that work. portion of that oil is enough for that gospel to be sustained. Exactly. That portion of that that teaching. At a certain time frame, at a certain uh, a way, is the enough. That's what's fitting for the gospel. Right. It cannot be all grace or all hellfire and brimstone. It can't be all love. It can't be all. It, it gotta be its its proper measure for yes. an individual to properly eat the cake and enjoying it and actually right. saying, "I enjoy the work of Christ in me." Yeah. Versus uh, 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 the mismeasuring of the measurements, and then all of a sudden I'm getting preached more grace than I am uh, holiness. holiness, and then right. all of a sudden that's not what the measure was meant. Right. That's why preachers, when you idolize the particular messages and, and you overmeasure what the box which Christ required for it, all of a sudden when people eat the cake, is not good for them long term. Right, it's well, not it's like- good for them. It's it's like the it's like the prosperity gospel, and I hate to even use that oh, word. Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah, because it, because it's not a gospel; it's, it's false not. gospel. That's, but, that's what. Man, but it's like what you did is you took a bunch of people who were dealing with poverty, and you got mm. them focused on their bank accounts. Yeah. But here's the thing, though, Ezzy and I, we we both believe that God prospers His people. Yeah. I, I, I don't believe in the prosperity gospel. I believe in prosperity. Yeah, I believe God prospers his people, that he takes care of them. As we lean on him, he provides for us. And that God gives us the desires of our heart. But here's the thing. I will give it all away tomorrow. 
All the way tomorrow. I'll give it all the way tomorrow. Simple as that. See, that's the part that they don't want to tell you about. Uh, but money doesn't have us. We have no. it. It's it's not an idol. It's a useful item, like you said. Yeah. And so when you overemphasize prosperity, all of a sudden you get into mm. craziness, right? So Crazy. all of a sudden you or when, when you so so then all of a sudden oh well if you're not prosperous it must mean that you're in sin. Oh, you're not healed. Oh, it to must mean you're in sin. To the uh, oh, yeah, and you go to the extreme and you say, oh well, you know what? God's get or like I love this one. They're like God's giving you authority, so you must be a little God. What are they talking about? It's absolute craziness. Extreme. They always take it and go to the extreme. Meanwhile, you know what? If you're faithful and you ask God to help you out with that bill, God will do it because He's faithful and just to us. And the Bible says that He'll supply all of our needs according, according to His riches. To his, according That's to what? Extreme. According his to what? His riches and people stop there. Oh, we know God got bank. God got the money, but what about his glory? Yeah, exactly. It's Pe it's to, it's to accomplish his glory in the earth. And That's if it. you if you are living a life that is abiding in him, when you go to extremes like that, you know the Bible says that you're what does the Bible say, Izzy? It says you're supposed to lead a quiet and peaceable, peaceable. life. Yeah. Not a flashy yeah. life, not quiet look at me and look at me. Quiet mm -hmm. and peaceable. But see, people don't want that, they want it to be loud. They want and to be in loud and proud, loud and all proud. that kind of stuff. <clears throat> but the Bible doesn't say to do that. The Bible says to live a quiet and peaceable life. And so when these people take these doctrines that do have truth in them and they're in the scripture, but they elevate them, like as he said, above their measure, then all of a sudden the recipe's me messed up and you got a terrible cake and you got to serve it to everybody around you. So and you got to force do them to eat it like it's good and force them to eat it. And so. <clears throat> pretty soon you'll start putting poison in there to get them to, you know, drugs to get them addicted. And then, you know, they're hooked to it, you know, but it's like, you don't see it when you're in it. But guys, you have to remember that like these preachers sit around, the Bible says there will be false teachers, false teachers, false yeah. teachers in the end times, false teachers. And just when you see the stuff that they're doing, just go back into the scripture mm -hmm. and say, wait a minute. Is this in line? Because I remember, as in this kind of the subject, we can go after this, or do a Q and A, or whatever we're going to do okay. with food. But like, yeah. um, one one thing I uh, used to say was like, "Man, I'm listening to what they're preaching, and then I'm reading my Bible, mm. and it's not lining up. It's not lining up, man. But it's like I said before: if you are malnourished, even a rat seems appetizing to you, man. because you've been on an island starving to death." So you'll accept anything because you are so hungry or so thirsty. You get so thirsty, you start to drink salt water and oil because you're so thirsty, you can't take it anymore. You know, if you're out in the middle of the desert and all you got is an oil can or some, or, or you know, vegetable oil or something like that, eventually you're going to drink it, even though you wouldn't normally do that because you're desperate. And that's what religion does. Let me just finish with that. Religion makes you desperate. Relationship makes you peaceful and at rest. Man, that's real, brother. And when you're desperate, you'll be willing to do anything. But when you're at peace and rest, Ezzy, how many things will you do when you're at rest? You you don't you don't struggle. No. You won't try hard. You're no. just relaxed. And I'm enjoying it. I used to stress about this thing. I'm resting, man. God's gonna do it. I only want God to do what he wants done through me. I don't want to do anything else. So I'm not stressed about this or that. I just simply obey. 
I just simply enjoy his presence. I simply allow the Holy Spirit to lead me, man. And I think once you, once people start getting this, Jeff, they'll begin to realize it don't take all that, but it's worth all that, man. It's, uh, I want the fruit of the spirit, not the fruit of my sweat, because that means I have to sweat to keep it. If I have to sweat to get, I have to sweat to keep it. With my marriage, if I let, if I let God simply work through me, my marriage will do what it do. But if I start, oh, oh no, you you gotta love uh, like love languages. You, I, I am loving you. <laughs> Can't you see that I'm loving you? Right. I'm sweating. I'm doing everything. No, if I just simply just rest, the Holy Spirit will say, say this to her. Exactly. Do this. Do this. So wow. It, it will be you again. It, you're confirming what I said. The first way you were giving, you were giving, mm-hmm. working, working. Yes, but whenever working. the Holy Spirit spoke to you, what were you doing? You were receiving. I was receiving. And bro, I receiving. didn't know. I didn't know it was a simple rose in a card. Did I thought I had to do the big stuff? I try, I mean, to, be Mr. I got, I try to be Mr. I, big stuff. I sometimes I just pick up a, a Reese's uh, outright. What is it called? Oh my goodness, it's the best candy bar on the face of the earth. Uh, a Reese's uh, man. Let me look that up. Hold on, you can talk. Let me look up. That. Hey man, I'm ready to get to the food, man. You shouldn't even say exactly. About food, we can get to the food. Talk about yeah. cake. This we talk about cake for the last ten minutes, bro. Uh, right. We got cupcake. We got cheesecake downstairs, bro. You know we gotta bring it in there. Hold on, let me see. What is it called? Not a Reese's Nutrages. Uh, a fast break. You remember those, bro? The only thing I knew growing up was a Snickers. Bro, right now you need to Google Reese's Fast Break and look it up. Reese's? Now Reese's Fast Break. That's a good time. I love Reese's. My wife doesn't like Reese's. Anyway, I get this for Jordan and she goes nuts. Hold on. I want you to. I see it it right now. I'm about to pull it up for the the people. I want you. Yeah, I want you to pull it up. It is the greatest candy bar on the face of the earth. And it's not anyway. And I don't think it was around when you and I were kids. No, this definitely wasn't around when we was kids. No, it was around when we were older. And it is amazing. If you haven't had one, you need to go get one. I never had one, bro, but I sure will try one. And oh, that's, what's, what's, good, what's, what's good about trying this, Jeff, is that my wife don't like Reese cups. So that means she don't have to, I don't have to give it to her. I'm about to pull up for the people, bro. Hold on, give me one second. So people can I see. blanked. I, I blanked out on Brittany because, because you just said that. She don't like Reese cups. I remember one time I brought her Reese cups for uh I don't know what I got it. I don't know what day it was. She was like, you don't know me. There we go. Man. And only two hundred thirty calories. But see, I get the king size, you know, because hey, we kings. kings. Yep. But for Joy, and I get the small one, and then uh, she loves that bit. Yeah, because you were talking about the roses and everything. Man, Brit, right, what for- kind of candy bar does Brittany like? What kind of candy she like? She's a yeah. cheesecake person. She likes cheesecake. I do love. All right, she's slightly redeeming herself. Hey, bro, I didn't. I didn't. You know, I didn't start liking cheesecake till like three years ago. I mean, it's a. It, it's a I don't know. So cheesecake. I never like, had it. I never had it until oh, three years ago for the first. I time. mean, cheesecake is like a northern thing, so I can understand that. But um, I love. Uh, hey, your mom says she don't like Reese's either. She doesn't like it. No, she's saying you don't like what either Reese's or cheesecake. Mom. Yeah, my. <laughs> Mom, my my stepdad loves Reese's, and so he is her better half in that regard. But um, anyway, <laughs> I'm messing. Well, no, that's let's it. get right that's into it. the food, man. Because how she's my full first name. Oh, all right, go ahead. She said, "Yep, Reese's." 
Wow. Right, top three, top three restaurants. Y'all in the comments, join us. Top, top three, three restaurants. Now, Jeff put a disclaimer out there. It's not our top three personal restaurants because y'all may not even know what these restaurants are. Yeah. But our top three probably more universally known like restaurants. Nationally known, yeah. Because nationally. I know like mom, mom and pop shops that like only the locals are the best. know about, those are always the best place to go to, hands down. But if I said it, you wouldn't know, right? So we'll do nationally known. As you want to go first, what your number three? Man, I'm about. I just pulled up a list right now just to see. You want me to go? You want what? me to go first? Oh, we did. Well, we did fast food, so these restaurants are like oh. sit down. But they got Bojangles on this list. No, that's and they, not. They got Bojangles at number. They got Bojangles at number uh forty eight, and the top fifty I, restaurants. I, I, I agree with that because I don't like fried chicken. I told you that. Oh, you did say that. I'm just going through this list real quick. Go ahead and do your number three. I'm trying to see All if right. I see something. Number three, but really, I would almost put this as my number one, and y'all are going to laugh at me, but I don't care because if Joanne and I <clears throat> cannot think of any other place to go, usually this is the first place we think of, mm -hmm. or it's the place that we default to if we can't think of anything else. Mm -hmm. Number three is Cracker Barrel. I what? love I love Cracker Barrel. Man, I love Cracker Barrel uh, like I, you love Cracker Barrel. I, I, I think it could almost be my number one. Because I have never been disappointed at Cracker Barrel. I never. love Cracker Barrel. Ever. I'm, every single time, it, it's made the exact same way. The people are nice. The fire's on. I, the atmosphere is great. I love it. I love Cracker Barrel. Hands down. I, I might have to move that to number one. Yeah, Cracker Barrel, now that I think about it, now I'm going through this list again because I just want to make sure that I'm picking one. I think I'm going to put Cracker Barrel at number one. Cracker but, Barrel... I can't put Cracker Barrel at number one because of what my number one is, but it might be a one B. Yeah, let it me just not. say that I'll say it's I'll say it's one B, but for right now I'm going to hold it at three, for just for now. Okay. What's your number? Three? My number three, just for history. My number three, just because of history. Golden Corral. I don't like Golden Corral now, but you if at twenty five je was at Golden Corral. Bro, listen to me. Joanne delivered me of my wayward ways, bro. My, my, I Brittany did too. I used to love, love golden crown. You know them buns? You know them buns with the butter and everything on top of this? Bro, thank I don't you. Even, I don't even want to be delivered from it. But a wife has a way of, of causing you to look down Joanne upon something you love. Joanne will not let me go into that place. She sent me all kinds of articles. Well, anyway, I'm not going to blast the restaurant on here because I don't want to create an issue. But she will not allow me to go to that place. Uh, and so, but I, I would, used to love Golden Corral. I would go to Crack. I would go. Corral. I would go to Golden Corral tomorrow. It's literally and no I shame. Be, I don't I care what they do in the back. Go alone. Yeah, that's so. We'll tell our wives. I would have one side of a six-seat table, and you would have the other side, so yep. we don't have to keep going back up. As soon as we come down and visit y'all, we'll let them do womenly things, and we're going to Golden Corral. There we go. Oh, my gosh. I hope That's Golden not. Corral. Hey, they're going to be fine because we're men. We do, my mom our, said, yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, I understand. Uh, Golden Corral, buffets are not a woman thing. Buffets are a man thing because of 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 the 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 price and food ratio. Exactly. I pay twelve dollars. Like, you pay ten bucks to get like fifteen steaks. Fifteen steaks and, and the shrimp. And, and shrimp. 
and a sweet potato casserole and fried chicken and a slice of pizza. And you can get your greens, lima beans and collard greens and oh, they cabbage. You know what? For Valentine's Day, and you get side. ice cream afterwards and dessert. Oh, those brownies, bro. No, brown, thank you. Come on, ladies. What about, you got what about when you go over there and they're doing like the, the ribs and all that kind of stuff? They have like, although I can't really get down with that. I like real, I like a barbecue place for that. But yes, yeah. all right. So I got Cracker Barrel, Golden Corral. All right, now number two. My number two, I this place. The only thing I don't like is the price, but hands down, their food, I've never been disappointed. And I've had That's multiple good. things. Cheesecake Factory. Man, no. Yes. Cheesecake Factory? Che have you, that's, bro? That's, I mean, only I went, maybe because Cheesecake Factory burnt me the last time I went. What happened? I, I don't know, man. It just wasn't good, man. Maybe no. what I got wasn't good. What should I have gotten? Because I only went there one time in my life. But oh, me and my okay. wife been maybe two or three other times. Uh, well, two other times for a slice of cake or a slice of something. Okay, well, you carrot you cake's to... good. That carrot cake is good. Oh, I love carrot cake. I love carrot and cake. Their red velvet cake is fantastic. I never had it, but I'm going to try it. Their red velvet cheesecake. Ooh. Man, that sounds good, bro. But their actual meals are fantastic. I love them. What do you What do you get from uh, Cheesecake Factory? So I so I hate uh, biscuits and all that kind of stuff. That's terrible. I know. I, I'm not a yeah, if you don't, bro. You don't like fried on, chicken listen, or biscuits. But their chicken and biscuits, I love. I love it. And chicken then and, and, and then listen, their meatloaf. Toast. Their meatloaf is the greatest meatloaf you ever have in your life, except for this one lady in Tennessee, Miss Nancy, who is like Joanne's aunt, who is wonderful. She makes homemade uh, uh, meatloaf, and it's and the meatloaf. greatest of all time. But so, second is uh, Cheesecake Factory. I might take my wife to Cheesecake Factory just to see. Just to see. Maybe see, here, here's the thing. You got to go without kids because if you go with kids, at least you're spending almost 100 bucks. Nah, see, see the price going now, nah, man. But I'm going to try. Price, you know what? But if, you're by, but if you're with your wife, if you're by yourself, it's usually about 20-something a meal. So. I might just take her there just to grab a cheesecake, just a good cheesecake. I want you to go there and get. Do you like meatloaf? I love meatloaf. Meatloaf it's, is it's top, my favorite. What, what do you get? What do you get at Cracker Barrel? What I get at Cracker Barrel, I get the breakfast, yeah. bro. What do you think? See, I get, I get the their meatloaf. I love their meatloaf. Cracker Barrel's meatloaf. Yes, and it's no. great. I, but cheesecake I, is better. Cracker Barrel just be so packed all the time, but man, I'm telling you, that breakfast, that fried chicken, fried chicken, that chicken fried chicken, yep, that's great too. I actually like that joint with that, but I don't like their syrup, bro. I wonder if they let me smuggle in my syrup, bro. You can sneak in your syrup. I don't think they'll mind. They're nice. They're nice, nice good people. country nice home, right down home people. people. Yeah, they're right, usually. Do you mind? Joanne and I went there a few weeks ago by herself, and uh, we just wanted coffee and some cake, and she had pie. He came out. <laughs> That's good. That's a that's a southern that's a southern couple right there. Right. I, I got me a slice of cake and she got her some pie. Exactly. And you know what happened? Well, he, he uh he uh he did, all he charged us for was the uh coffee because he said we that's why I like go. I love Cracker Barrel for that, bro. Yeah. I love all right, Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel's always been nice. My number two is my number two is Cracker Barrel. Okay, good. And you number said you two, got that's basically one right. B. Number two, right. number two is one B. All right, so you had uh, Golden Crow, then Cracker Barrel. I had Cracker Barrel, then Cheesecake Factory. Okay, drum roll. Number one, y'all. Ohana at 
the Polynesian Resort in Disney. What? Is the greatest restaurant. It's all you can eat, as he let me tell you. That's a chain? That's a chain, right? That's That's not a a chain. What? I thought we wouldn't choose it, but I I didn't say you had to do chains. I didn't say you had to do chains. I just said it had to be nationally known. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. All right. So um, this place is all you care to eat. And they bring out these noodles that like like uh Asian noodles, <clears throat> wings, unlimited, pineapple what? bread. Hold on, we're not done yet. Shrimp, pineapple. steak, and chicken all over a pit, unlimited as much as you want. Now that's what I'm talking. What's his name? Exactly. What's it called again? Ohana. Let me see if I can pull see if you can pull, see. It's just in Florida. Ohana. It's just in Florida. I want you to see if you can pull it up on the internet. Yeah, 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 I'll do it right now, bro. Ohana, and then uh, say O-H-A-N-A, and say Disney World. Uh, Ohana, what Disney? Oh, sorry. Walt Disney Resort. Ohana, Disney World. And then you'll see a million pictures. And then, bro, they've got banana pudding. Like, it's like the, the uh, what do you call that? The banana bread or whatever with the uh, caramel and then the, uh, 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 like, a um, ice cream ball the size of, like, a snowball. On top, oh, and he is the greatest. They also right serve now. breakfast, but you need, maybe type in Ohana Disney World dinner. Dinner. Ooh, oh yeah. Now we talking. I bet you. I bet you it's a buffet. My wife want to go to. Oh yeah, because it's all you, because you don't go up. They serve it to you. They bring it to you. She'll love it. Maybe that's what she don't want to be in works righteousness. She just wants to receive. Exactly. Maybe that's my wife just doesn't. She don't like going to the buffet line because she thinks that's just too much work. Or this place, you don't have to go. They bring it to you. That's why. She I, she probably don't mind an all-you-can-eat food place that if they bring the food to you. Yeah, see, what they say there is they're like, <clears throat> all you care to enjoy. See how they switch the see? word? I uh, so See, we, because it's geared toward women. See, we don't fall for that crap because we just want food. <laughs> we <laughs> but, just want <laughs> a universal spread of all American delicacies. That's what we want. With the ice cream and brownies over here. My number oh. one. And a lot of you guys and gals are not going to probably like this. But it's number one in my book. I would eat there tomorrow. I would eat there probably above Cracker Barrel. Nah, maybe not. That's why I said 1A, 1B. Waffle House. I, why did, no way. Listen. Yes, sir. There ain't no drive-thru. You got to go in. That is not, you, oh my God. You didn't say my favorite restaurants, period. You said favorite restaurants that are known nationally. So, you know, Waffle House is based in Georgia. It is? Yeah, headquartered here. Wow, I want to visit the headquarters. So we got Waffle Houses everywhere. You're blessed. So you come down here and you and I will go to, I got a Waffle House about two miles down the road from my house. Waffle House is, man, you can't beat that all-star uh, double hash browns, hey, double waffle. waffle house, the, only, the, only thing, the only thing I'll give you is Waffle House saved my marriage. What? One time when Joanne was pregnant, see, we we, we were first married. She was pregnant, and see? she and I and I wasn't being very sensitive. <laughs> uh, and we got into an argument, and I went to work, it happens. It happens. and she was re- she was real upset. So you know what I did. I took off work early. I went and picked up her favorite stuff from Waffle House and brought it home and apologized. And 13 years later, here we are. So I'm just saying. Cheesecake Factory wouldn't have done that, bro. <laughs> nope. Waffle House. 
She lo- she loves uh, Cheesecake Factory, but yeah, no, Waffle House did it with them because she gets the uh, hash browns with the cheese on top and then ranch. That's what they used to do in high school. Ranch. They put they put the uh, <clears throat> hash browns and then the melted cheese and then ranch. I used to do back when, when I was a, when I was a big boy. I hate ranch. I hate mayonnaise and ranch. But what I used to do, I used to get the gravy on top of my hash browns, bro, with the chopped onions and mushrooms, bro. She likes gravy. I don't really care for gravy. As I love gravy, man. Jeff, yeah, you're just from up north. I can't believe you don't like chicken, biscuits, or gravy, bro. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. What, but do you put on, what do you put on your mashed potatoes? Now, mashed potatoes don't need gravy. gravy. Yeah, I use, oh, I use brown gravy, ham gravy, turkey gravy. But you don't everything. use, like, the gray gravy. No. On my mashed potatoes? Oh, I'm just talking about the gravy that they put on the hash browns at Waffle House. The gray gravy. Oh, yeah. No, the breakfast gravy. I like Joanne. Yeah. Joanne has got me into it more uh, more than not. I mean, she's made it a few times, and I've liked it, but it's not like my go-to. Like, when I have hash browns, I put ketchup on my hash browns. Yeah, that's a, North, that's a northern thing. Hey, you want to know something crazy? You remember, Ronald, you remember Ronald Joseph? Yeah, Ronald. Yeah, guess what he used to put on his eggs? What? Guess. Mayonnaise. I'll give you one guess. Mayonnaise. Grape jelly. Hold on. Hold on. I might try that. That might be good, bro. He used to put grape jelly on all of. Think about it. When you at Bojangles and you get the chick, you get the um whatever kind of egg and cheese biscuit. I put gravy on my uh breakfast biscuit sometimes. Gravy or jelly? I mean, grape grape jelly. Joanne does too, and I think that's a southern thing. And I'm like, you know what he told me? I said. I said, Ronald, why are you doing that? He goes, it's like putting the glaze on the ham. And I That's said, right. what? That man, flesh and blood, and I revealed that to him, bro. <laughs> That's real, bro. That's great, it, great, great gravy. And my wife had the nerve to bring raspberry grape, raspberry jelly into No, I can't get down with no raspberry gravy. I, I uh, ate it. Yeah. I ate it because I love peanut butter and jelly. But then she want to bring some grape jelly for her. Oh, really? You want to bring raspberry jelly for the for the for the house? But then when see you that will cause an argument for at least two or three days. What kind of man you think I am that will rather have raspberry than grape? Or maybe she didn't know. It was what raspberry. about when they bring that? That's why I get mad at Cracker Barrel sometimes. I'm like, y'all, do not bring me out black raspberry or blackberry and all this other kind of stuff. All I want is grape. That's all. Because I'll eat the biscuits there. I don't mind the gris- the biscuits there. And I'm like, you need to bring out grape jelly. That's the only thing I want to eat. I don't Man, care. My wife and I are going to Cracker Barrel this weekend, whether she wants to or not. Amen. Well, I think we have friends coming over on Saturday after Henry's thing. But I don't know. What we're, I don't think we're going out to eat. I think we're going to eat at home. But yeah, man, like our go-to is Cracker Barrel. And it's like, I love Cracker Barrel. I mean, yeah, yeah. breakfast yeah. any time of the day is good. Dinner any time of the day is good almost so. No, nah, Cracker Barrel's good, man. I just had, I just haven't been in a while because where my Cracker Barrel's located, yeah, it's just too much traffic, man. Cracker Barrel's always yeah, more well, traffic. Like, so what's interesting where I live is this: most Cracker Barrels are um, built right off the highway, but yeah. the one by our house is there's no highway anywhere. So it's like the That's only true. one I know of that doesn't isn't near a highway. So there's no. Um, I only eat Cracker Barrel. My mom said I only eat Cracker Barrel biscuit. Yeah, I agree. I only eat it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Finally, we're on the same page. Grape, grape is only the only uh, 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 jelly of choice for biscuits. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I like that. And then, apple, like, I love apple jelly though. What What about? Um, have you ever ha had uh, whipped honey? Whipped honey, like whipped, whipped honey that got watched. Uh, watch me, Nene. That it's honey. A, what? I'm talking. Oh, watch me whip. Watch me. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> See, you are when, yet when preachers when preach try to be relevant. That's you are happens. yet you are yet current. Oh no, I'm just playing. So anyway, no, it's like this thing flesh. that you in get flesh. in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. They take honey and they like they whip it so that it's more like airy or whatever. I've had mm. man, that on a biscuit is life. Will Cracker Bread do that for me? I'm asking to whip my, my honey. No, nah, I think they bring out honey. You gotta whip it yourself. I don't mind whipping it. If it's it's not Cheesecake Factory, Cheesecake Factory probably whip it for you. Much as well. I mean, uh, Golden Corral is definitely not whipping nothing. I asked my wife, and if she's in the comments, she, she might let me know. She might might let me know later. Do she want Cheesecake Factory or Cracker Barrel this weekend or Golden Corral? I put, in the, put in the comments what you think she's going to pick. <laughs> well, I think she should pick uh, Cheesecake Factory, and y'all should get the chicken and biscuits and the meatloaf and, and share. Bro, we don't share. We share everything else. Bro, I'm saying you can half season so that you can try each side. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But, bro, see, they, do they give you big portions, though, my brother? Yes. That's why I like it because it's huge. It's like on a tray like this big. It's like they bring a tray out. Okay. I'll bro, give Cheesecake Factory another chance. Like Cheesecake Factory. So, you know, I only eat like one meal a day usually. Sometimes yeah, I eat two. Yeah, me too. All right. So, if I eat one meal a day, like I got to eat like all my calories in one hit. Exactly. What? Just, thank I, you, bro. I shouldn't have said nothing. Exactly. I thought she was going to choose. No, let Bell. me tell you something. Once she goes, see, Brittany's exactly like Joanne. I already so they, know. They're twins. They're, they're twins. Really twins. It bro. is the exact same thing. That's why, like, I already knew. Whenever whenever you uh, said that, I was like, no, trust me. If she goes to Cheesecake Factory, it's just like Joanne. She's never going to, she'll go there every single time. She likes that place right beside Cheesecake Factory. Uh, Mag not Magiano. Yeah, Magiano's, I think it's called. Exactly. She's more of an Italian gal. So Joanne loves Italian food, but she Whoa, they twins. Okay. We, we just need yeah. to come to Atlanta. Joanne, Joanne to likes Atlanta. Italian food, but she refuses to eat it out because I make homemade pasta. And oh, she's so like, she, she's oh, like, yeah. nothing compares to that. Because if you've ever had homemade pasta versus like store-bought, it's night and day different. There go my sister. Exactly. My sister's trying, my sister's trying to hype it up. Don't don't hype your sister up. Bro, if you go there, you will love it. Their bread you is incredible. So? We gotta yeah. go we, we gotta go at a time where they're not busy. No, you're fine. Oh. Go to Go My at a time. Is great. Okay. Hey, listen. You know what you can do? Let's go start. at a time when before everybody gets there. So go at like four. Three thirty. Or three thirty. Go there then because then you will you'll get better service because there won't be yeah, a bunch I'll of. Go at, I'll go at three. I, that's when my savior is crucified. Love, right? If you love meatloaf, I want to tell you something. Mark my words. You will come back if you go there. It is the greatest meatloaf you will ever have in your life. Hey man, I look forward and, to it, man. Because I actually I love cheesecake now, so I want to go and get the meatloaf and, and the red it. velvet cheesecake. Get the red velvet cheesecake, or if I see that carrot cake, I'm I won't get a cheesecake. There's nothing like seeing a three layer cake. I cannot pick that, a cheesecake. That's, that's, that's what the red velvet cheesecake looks like. It's three it looks, layers. Yes, no, look it up. It may it may be three layers, but it may not be three layers like a cake. Yes, it is. Look, hold on, please. Cake factory. I'm looking at this one. Then I know we gotta go. But, okay. Yes, exactly. Type in. I found it right here. Whoa. Thank she you. Look, man, she looked kind of cute. 
Got that that red velvet. My wife probably offended. But see, as I'm only talking about the cake. I'm not talking about nothing else. No other woman. Yeah, it's that's cute. what I'm saying, though. This no. stuff is it's incredible. Ooh, no, no. Please tell me this is not the cake, bro. What? Sure. No, Jeff. No. This this cannot be. If this is it, bro, I'm going tomorrow. I'm show it to me. I'll tell you. I'm about to. Uh, uh, I'm telling you, you, you will literally eat it and you'll be like, what is going on? Oh, that's not it. Hold on. Where, where am I at? Oh, wrong. wrong uh, <clears throat> sorry. Technical difficulties. Give me one second. <laughs> Which one Thank did I pick? Uh, oh, is this it? No, that's not it. Oh, here we go. Where's that? Uh oh. It's. Hold on, bro. I'm just I'm, I'm navigating technicals. Uh, this cannot be it, bro. That's not. That's Harry and David. Scroll to the right. Oh, see that right there. Got, oh, that's Scroll Harry and right. Harry and David. Who goes to a place Harry called Harry and David? Harry and David is great. Oh my goodness, they. I'll, I'll have to introduce you to that too. No, no, no. Harry. Right there on the right. The ultimate cheesecake. Right here. That's Harry oh, and David. That's not what I'm talking about. Then. The cheesecake factory, right here, right? Oh, there, there you go. Yes. But why the pitch so small? I don't know because there. Anyway. I don't know what's going on. With it. Either way. Anyway, it's amazing. You should try. Yeah, my, my sister says, uh, "Yep, Jeff. Yep, Jeff. Going early to almost any restaurant. Yep." Joy and I, I do that all the time. We always go at like three thirty-four. Since I eat usually one meal a day, I'm starving by that time anyway, so I'm ready to go. Man, no, I'm not even getting my hopes up because if I call this restaurant, my wife calls and it's not a ninety-six. We're not going. It is. It's Cheesecake Factory. But some these Joanne, fancy restaurants graze. Joanne will not go to a place that doesn't have an A rating. I promise you. No, my wife. My wife likes They're high crazy. A's. Like, bro, I'm I'm a go. Because one thing about coming home from work, she don't know the stuff that I eat. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just be just showing up home. Jack in the box. Nah, I can't do Jack in the box. When I go back to Jack in the box, I'm 310 pounds. Exactly, because it's the greatest fast food restaurant of all time. Of all time. Possible all time. All right, y'all. We got to go, man. We'll be right, going yeah. two hours and 15 minutes. This was a great yep. podcast, my brother. I'm, I'm trying to tell you, man. If you want, we're just helping you, man. We're going to help you guys find the way out and the way out to eat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all that good stuff, man. Because I found me a way out to go. I know where I'm going to eat this weekend. And if it's a 95, I'm still going. Wife or no wife. No, I'll take my wife. She could. I, well, I'll take her to somewhere else where she can enjoy. But Don't worry. I, it's a, Cheesecake Factory won't be below 95. I'll let y'all guys know next podcast. Unless you're we going look. to like town and trade or something. <clears throat> right. No, we're good now. We ain't going there. They don't got no Cheesecake Factory. They only got cheesecake. <laughs> there, I know they don't. <laughs> they got cheesecake flavoring, but they you're don't right. got cheesecake cupcake or cakes or nothing like that. All right. We love y'all, man. We'll see y'all okay. next week. Uh, I don't know if we're going to break the rest of this text down, but we're going to follow what the Lord leads us to share next week. But we'll see y'all next time. Y'all be blessed. See you guys. Love you. Bye. Peace.